so we'll do podcast this week. We will not be doing it next week, but it's good to be back with you. Great to be back. How are you? I'm wonderful. We're, yes. we're just recovering Gerard, from Vegas. Feeling great. Feeling How, was Vegas? Yeah. How was Vegas? How was Vegas? How was Vegas? What a show, man. I mean, I, you're not big on compliments, so I'm not going to even go that route because you're just going to say thank you and deflect. But I'm just going to compliment your company. How about that? That's, I like that. Do okay. That. <laughs> wow. What an event that PHP put on. What an event. You know, I was there last year at the virtual event, yep. which was 30 people in a room virtually. You had Pitbull, yep. General Mattis, uh, Trey Gowdy, and uh, it was really dope. It was cool just to see it function, and it went off without a hitch at a virtual event. To see an event put on at the MGM Grand, 10,000 people in attendance, Nikki Jam performing, Intense. Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah. All the leaders of the company, people talking, and to see it go off without a hitch, live and in person, just respect what, to everyone what you involved. What think about Tyson's interview? Out of, out of all everything Tyson said, what, what stuck with you? <laughs> he said a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, Mike Tyson I've was there. I've never heard before. What are some of the things that stuck? Um, He's like, you know, I'm nine years old. He says, I didn't know how strong I was. Yeah. I used to fight like this. He says, people will come and do stuff to me. I'd go like this. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to close my eyes. And so mm -hmm. I would knock people out. He says, that's when I realized how strong I was. So he mm -hmm. says, one time I'm nine years old, I got $5,500 cash in my pocket, and I'm going, and he just kind of goes through that. Yeah. Like, oh. so you I'm go, like, hold, wait, on, wait, hold wait. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you're nine years you old. You're nine years yeah. old. $5,500. He says, yeah, I was $5,500 in my pocket. How do you have $5,500? Nine years I'm old. I'm robbing people. Said, you rob he said, I'm straight up robbing people at nine, nine years, years old. Nine years old. He says, so eventually everybody realized who I was. So he says, well, I used to knock a lot of kids out, and then they would bring their daddies, and I would knock out their daddies yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. You imagine awesome. being a grown-ass man getting knocked out Stuff by a nine Stuff he old. was talking about was I, just. I'll, I'll tell you, he was very honest. Yeah, very. Very, very soft-spoken, you know. Yeah. Uh, very, even because, you know, there was a group of us before. He was pretty happy though before when we got there, like in the room. He yeah, he smelled like he was uh, maybe had smoked something. Oh, yeah, well, he, he, he has Tyson. Yeah. I he was not surprised. Yeah. It, sound, yeah. it smelled like he just came out of his podcast. Hot box, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it smelled like he just came out of yeah. his hot box. Within five minutes, I was with him. I was having chips no, and burritos. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, can we? I told, <laughs> I told Caroline, Caroline, we need some chips. We need some. Hey, man. But he, even like when we were taking pictures, you know, there was a, a few of us that met him yeah. before. And took some pictures of them, and he was very gracious and shook our hands. And I even said, "Hey, Mike, like, why don't we stand like this? Hey, man, just peace. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fight you, man." Right? You know? Did you shake his hands? Oh yeah, he's got massive hands. His hands, he's, he's, those hands felt yeah. like this made sense. Yeah, like, this, mixers. This makes sense. Why this? You know, not so in, many people. In out. the last few months, yeah, because of you, yeah. we've had the pleasure of meeting some of the biggest, strongest athletes I've ever seen in my life: Mike Tyson, Thank yeah, Adam, Bo not, Jackson, Gerard, Gerard. <laughs> Uh, Bo Jackson, who so that Bo guy's Jackson. hands were ridiculous. No, he, I, I think Bo is in the yeah. league of his own. I yeah. don't know if I put anybody in Bo's league. That guy's body is just... That guy just yeah. made no sense what he looked. Nicky yeah. Jam crushed it, by the way. I mean, Nicky I, Jam was awesome. I thought he was going to be good, but I didn't think he was going to be great. Because yeah. when I announced it, you know, half the company is not Latino, half the company is. Mm -hmm. But the entire time, yeah. people stood up dancing for an hour straight. Yeah. Sebastian Maniscalco tells a joke about Matt Zapala. And it lights the place up. I messaged him afterwards. Yeah. He says, "He says, remind me to never say anything to the guy in the green jacket again." Exactly. <laughs> Sebastian Maniscalco called out yeah. Matt Zapala. Yeah. Nikki Jam called out your friend John Mason. Made him dance. Yeah, it was, it was just it was just an was awesome good. event. The but the highlight know, was the ending, though the 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 night the party 
You rented Hakkasan. out Hakkasan. We rented out Hakkasan. We Our friend Michael Frances was there. Flex Wheeler was Flex there. Wheeler showed up. There's some, a bunch some of friends who's, who's were there. Were showing up from Tigran different... was popping bottles. You got to give a shout him out to him. By the way, I heard great. you got a great massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the massages were good. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. I'm excited for it. It's an inside yes. joke, but yes. the, the world's going to take in many different ways. Yes. Just, just know that the. Uh, Adam had a good time as well. Yeah, is that I a did. fair Thank assessment? <laughs> Their face turning I'm, I'm red. I'm full on blushing right now. <laughs> that story. Thank you. PBD. Anyways, hey, we got a lot of stuff to cover, yes. right? We got mm-hmm. Arnold said, mm-hmm. screw your freedom. Mm-hmm. He said specifically to you. Uh, uh, to he me. Said, screw your freedom. Damn. Adam, your family came here for what America offers. He said, screw mm-hmm. your freedom. We're going to cover that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Hannes Wagner card sells for $6.6 million. New record shattering prior record. Uh, outside of that, the Taliban in Afghanistan, absolute travesty what's going on over there. I'm sure we're going to spend most of the time talking yeah, about sure. uh, what's going on over there. 1,400 people as of right now, death toll of uh, the earthquake that took place in Haiti. Mm-hmm. My prayers goes out to the families out there. That's a tough situation to be in, especially when Kai and I were looking at the video this morning. You know, when the infrastructure, sometimes you don't even think about infrastructure, right? Like you don't, mm-hmm. you go to a building, you work in a building, you sleep in a condo, you sleep in an apartment, you sleep in a house. You don't sit there think about infrastructure. You just think about, I'm sure they did a good job. But a lot of these other countries, man, that's one of their biggest fears is the infrastructure of the building you're living in. Mm-hmm. 1,400 people from a seven-point-something earthquake. And then uh, New York City, keys to New York City, de Blasio. I'm sure you got some thoughts on that. We'll cover that as well because de Blasio and uh, Gerard, uh, you, know, you got you a got few a things you want to say Mutual affection right there. One of Adam's heroes, Chet Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks' <laughs> son, had some things to say about vaccine. And then outside of that, Mafia States of America, which is yeah, this whole project we that we've that. been working on. I think, why don't we get into that a little bit? Can, do we want to finish with that or do we want to get into that? We can. Don't bury the lead. Don't bury the lead. Go right into it. I say we it. get into it. So, look, you know, uh, uh, Michael and Sammy, okay, this sit down. Everybody kept asking me, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Is it eventually going to be where these guys are going to sit together? I'll tell you my story of what happened behind closed doors. You've been a project, obviously. You've been the director of the project from beginning to the end. Sammy and I had a conversation two years ago when Sammy first got out of jail. And I say, hey, Sammy, how you doing? He says, you the guy that interviewed Michael Francis? I said, yes. He says, what the f- another interview was this? Two and a half hours, he just went trashing Michael. And I'm like, listen, Sammy, all I want to do is why don't you and I get together? I wouldn't get together with nobody. So anyways, going back and forth, a month goes by, two months, three months, six months. We follow up. I said, why don't I just come by and you and I sit down and visit? No. <laughs> Great. So every time, no, no. Nine months later, he agrees. So we go to Phoenix, me and Mario. Hey, let's go have a sit down with Sammy. And uh, he said, I want you to meet me at this location. We go to this one location. Guy comes outside. He picks us up. We walk all the way to the back of the building. You walk in, you walk in, you walk in. At the end of it, Mario's like, listen, it's getting a little too deep of a walk. It's getting darker. We get all the way to the end, and then boom. There's Sammy de Bocarvano. We sit down. A couple hours we're talking. You know, he shares his thoughts. He says, let me think about it, what we're going to do. Then we finally do the interview. It pops, 12 million views. Short clips, everything together, 25 million views. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the interview, I'm like, you know, Sammy, you know what would be great? What? Be great if you and Michael sat down together. What did you say? <laughs> Man, Michael, never happened. I'd never. It's okay. Now I go to Michael, and I present to Michael. Michael's like, I'm not going to do it. So they've gone back and forth calling each other out behind closed doors. I'm trying to see if we can make this happen or not. I understand why they wouldn't want to meet with each other because two different families. Finally, finally, they agreed. And we met in an undisclosed location. Security, 
the whole nine. You couldn't find where we were at, you know, where we, we can't even tell the location right now. But we went to this place. We sat down. How many hours of footage do we have, by the way, of them, to, of them talking, actually? <laughs> oh, yeah, of them, the two of them talking. 15 hours, 16 hours? Yeah, 16 hours. 16 hours of them talking. Just so, them. Just, so imagine like a 16-hour podcast is what it is. So we came back, then we have Giuliani. How many hours was Giuliani? Three, three, three hours three. at his place. No, that's three hours on camera. You guys chatted for like another two hours off camera. What yeah. What are some, how crazy were some of the things Rudy said? Joe? Honestly, it like to the point where uh, we're concerned if we could put it out. Some of the stuff we don't know if we can put out of what yeah. Rudy said. Some of the stuff we can. I know a lot of people are going to say, Pat, put the whole thing out. We definitely cannot put the whole thing out. I can tell you mm-hmm. that. We own the footage. Not we on, can't put it out. Not on YouTube. Uh, yeah, probably not on YouTube. No. And by the way, some of the stuff that Michael and Sammy said we may not be able to put on YouTube. But yeah. uh, a, a lot of people have been asking about when is this coming out? And, mm-hmm. you know, Chaz Palminteri, legendary actor, you know, yeah. Bronx Tale, all of these things. Killed it. He's also in it. He absolutely crushed it. And by the way, he was a writer. So he helped write. He did, yeah. A, a big part of it with you. You guys were co-writing together. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, so it was a great experience. The question everyone's asking is when is this thing coming up? We... Let the teaser out, mm-hmm. which people are furious. Well, are you are you are you ready to announce the release date? I, I can t- I can tell I, you when it's ready I for don't delivery. Know, I don't know if we're gonna okay, announce the okay. release date yet. I think we maybe let the trailer do fair enough. It's mm-hmm. part by Friday, but I can you say you want to tease the release date. It ain't coming out for four to six weeks. Okay, I can there say that go. for a fact. It ain't coming out for four to six weeks. So hang in there. There's a lot of pissed off people right now on Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, everywhere saying, what are they "Why, why off do you about? do this to us? Why isn't it coming out tomorrow? It ain't coming out for four to six weeks." Okay. But it's going to be coming out soon. And, and the topics are some topics. You, For about four to five weeks, we're thinking about doing two episodes every week for mm. four to five weeks. The world is going to stop for four to five weeks. Each week it's going to be two episodes will premiere. And they're going to be glued to the screen. People sitting down together with popcorn. Remember how we did the last dance? I was just going to say, this is very Similar. eerie, the last dance and Similar. meets the mafia right here. Completely unscripted. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. When, when, just to be clear, when Pat's talking about writing, we're talking about narration. We're talking about yeah. writing the ins and the outs. There's absolutely nothing mm. that, that was said. There's nothing that, that was uh, that, that was orchestrated here. And this is this is as real and unscripted Zero. as Zero. Like, there, there, no. was not, there was not one part where we said, hey, Michael, can you say that one more time? Hey, Sammy, can you say that one more time? Like, if they're going back and forth with each other and they were having a discussion about something, hey, can we get another cut on this? Sammy, say that one more time. None of that. Can When's I, the last time they I, even sat in a room together? Well, can I can I, I, yeah. I yeah. can I tell a story about what, yeah. what almost happened, or do you want to save it for behind the scenes? Which which part? Which story? Uh, when we when we got there and the whole everything was set. Go for it. You oh, tell it. Man. You tell it, dude. So here here we are. We've we've flown uh, a thirty person crew halfway around the world. All right, and we've got Pat's got a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear and an entire crew set. We we got there four hours early. We we. T- took this castle and we turned it into a set and then we're waiting 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 on set waiting for talent waiting for talent waiting for talent and they were still negotiating whether or not they were going to do this past call time they were supposed to be on set in a separate room 9 a.m the two of them are with talking. michael's team and sam's team and you, me and mario you must you're, you're i don't I, I mean you you're you're a business guy <laughs> so you like this stuff my balls would have been in my throat i got a i got two hundred thousand dollars worth of loss sitting 50 yards away wow. it's not done by the way dude I, what did I tell you? Sure, I was like, what are you doing? I was like, what are, are we you, doing I here? I was like, what? Did you not have a contract? <laughs> what, the, what the hell are we doing here, man? Like, did you just jump out of an airplane and hope somebody threw down a parachute? Like, what the hell happened crazy. here? But crazy. Yeah. And by the way, this entire time I'm talking to Rudy Giuliani, we're going back and forth. Rudy, Rudy's pissed off. 
we're trying to make it work with Rudy. He was supposed to fly. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll, we'll talk yeah, yeah, about that yeah. later, but that's a completely different thing. But And Rudy's Ru the guy who brought down the mob, right? That's the Rudy's reason that the you guy. wanted to have his Rudy, insight. Rudy has to be a part of this. Oh, so Rudy, you have to realize, man, outside of everything that people say with Rudy and uh, to Trump, prior to Rudy and Trump, Rudy was like the alpha oh, man, a, a top 10 alpha man yeah. of America, mayor of New York, hey, you know, G-Man Award, whatever. Say what you want mm -hmm. about yeah. Rudy. The man saved New York City. I lived through it. The man mm -hmm. saved yeah. New York City. Well, he hey, was a hero in the 90s. 4,000 no people got arrested. 4,000 arrests. Uh, uh, how many people over 100 years? Eight got over 100 years. Some some ridiculous number, yeah. like what this guy did. Yeah. But back to my original question. Yeah. When's the last time Sammy and Michael actually sat down and spoke? But here's what you have to realize. Never. Mm -hmm. the never. Last, They've never the, spoken. The last time made wow. men sat down face-to-face -to, -face to do something like this, you know when's the last time that happened? No. It's called never. Yeah. Wow. This has never happened. And if it's happened, it's behind closed doors. Never with cameras. It's the first time ever. Yeah. Where cam and by the way, you have to realize, there's a group of people that are saying uh, 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 Sammy's going to win the sit-down. And there's a group of people that are leaning towards frenzies. Matter of fact, we have a website, Mafia States of America. A lot of unique merch is coming out. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are asking about autographs. We're going to be doing this poster, Mafia States of America, signed mm -hmm. by Michael Sammy. Limited edition. It's probably going to be only the first 100 or maybe the first 500 that we'll do that comes out where you're going to be able to put that on the wall. There are some that are saying Michael's going to win this sit-down. There are some that are saying Sammy's going to win this sit-down. And matter of fact, I may... We, if, if Michael or Sammy, or I got to make this call to them as well. We may bring them on the podcast pre-release. Individual. We got to do it individually, mm -hmm. obviously. We may bring Michael, and we'll have him one week. We may bring Sammy the next week on a podcast like this wow. to discuss their experience before this going live. That'd be yeah. awesome. That'd be sick if we do that. They're pretty yeah. heated up, man. <laughs> they, 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 they make a up. note of that. Make a note of that for me to make the phone call afterwards. But, but what was nuts was like the history, more than, like the history of America. More than anything else, like you don't even have to be a mob fan. You don't need to have to be like a mafia. That was like, going to be my question, yeah. actually. Dude, is how does the, this uh, the, the normal dude, person? The stuff that they talked about, Hoffa about Kennedy. The stuff that they talked about. I, I mean, I don't know how how deep you want me to go into it, but like the the Joe Bonanno book, like this dude. It would, like as a history buff, as mm -hmm. a as a political aficionado, man. Mario like, Cuomo came up. <laughs> Mario Cuomo came up by both Giuliani and Frenzies yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, Gravano. Well, he's the Italian governor of New, New York. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. apparently what, yeah. what everybody said, the affiliation with the mob. So Mario was apparently connected. Giuliani said, I, I won't release, I, I'll let them tell the story yeah. and what it was. But it was, it was very interesting on the angle they took and how they felt about Andrew, how they felt about Mario Cuomo, what role he played in the streets of New York, the level of respect. Very, very unique angle that they took. And then there was a couple parts where, you know, uh, uh, they talked about how all the industries that were part of that was illegal. Now they're multi-billion dollar industries. You have to hear how they explain it, like how they trained the U.S. government yeah. mm -hmm. to do it. Like they trained essentially their strategies and tactics are being used today by the U.S. government yeah. and are being used today by Fortune 500 companies. That's why oh. it's called Mafia States of America, right? That the whole right. idea is we trained the mafia of the United States. They were a part of it. Like even wow. think about Bank of America. You know Bank of America used to be Bank of Italy. No. If you go look up did you know this or no? Hey Kai, that. can somebody come up here, jump on Wikipedia real quick? Type in Wikipedia Bank of America. Kai stepped out. If you can come up here, Bank of America, before Bank of America became Bank of America was Bank of Italy. You have no idea. No. no. Type in no. Bank of America. Hey there's David. Type in Bank of America, David. By the way, David, how you doing? Doing well. Doing good. Right, good. He's, been, wait, he's uh, been waiting for this moment for weeks. No, man. David's uh, ever shy. since. Okay, go Wikipedia. Go Wikipedia. Go down to Wikipedia. Try to find Bank of America. Go lower. 
Uh, wiki. Okay, good. Uh, typing the control F Italy. Okay, there you go. Right there. Right there. Shows right there. Uh, uh, one branch of its history stretches back to Bank of Italy, founded oh. by Bank of Italy, Bank of America, October 17, 1904. Bank of Italy founded the Bank of Italy in San Francisco, 19. Bank of America. Wow. So the whole thing started off with them giving loans to Italian because back then nobody would give Italians loans because hmm. they didn't think highly of Italians. They thought like, oh, you know, there was names for Italians, just like there's a lot of different names yeah, for them. Of Same. So they started off supporting them, and in Bank of Italy, this Bank is early 1900s, early 1900s, turning to the monstrosity that it is today. Wow. So the power and the influence of the Italian community and the Italian mob is very much deep rooted in the history of America the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. So, mm-hmm. wow. you know, when this thing comes out, everybody's right now talking about, you know. The biggest conversation is, will Michael's approach win or will Sammy's approach win? And there's a team Frenzies. There's a team Gravano. Two heavyweights. Sure. Two sure. heavyweights. And what they, families they, yeah. are they with? Colombo and Gambino. Yeah. Who's Colombo? Frenzies. Okay, yeah. And by the way, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Sammy was with, uh, he was before, he was with Gambino. He was with another family. Colombo mm-hmm. wanted him, yeah. And they, they kind of made the trade, you know, and they said, hey, you ain't going to be able to work out over here. And they went to the... Gambino family, and then obviously he became the underboss for John Gotti. So, can I ask you a? It's kind of a weird question, but it's in the, in the light sure. of the Last Dance, right? So, you know, like I've seen Goodfellas, I've seen Casino, I've got uh, yeah. who doesn't love these kind of movies, right? Obviously, you've by the way, crushed, kudos to you, by the I way. I mean, uh, this uh, if you guys understood what Gerard was doing, these guys sleeping on couches over here just to get this job no, done. Was a whole team. It's really impressive. Team no, really, it's really, really impressive. Awesome. But for sort of the layman, you know, in the Last Dance. Mold, is there a Michael Jordan of the mafia? Who would Sammy be? Who oh, would Frances be? That, that question was asked. I'm by, opening by up Mr. a can Matt of worms here. I get it. Who, like, who are these characters in the, you know, if to use the NBA analogy, would you do something like that? Listen, I'll let them answer it because they actually addressed that question where mm-hmm. you know who, where Michael said who was the greatest because LeBron you know. came up and Jordan right. came up. Then like, who's the greatest? gangster of all time and they were kind of going back and forth saying mm-hmm. who it was who it wasn't I'll and give you, i'll give you one interesting one yeah mm-hmm. rudy doesn't think it was an italian rudy thinks it was a jewish guy mm-hmm. the greatest gangster which you know time. where that goes by the way that only goes one side on where this thing goes to meyer lansky where's this yeah going? i mean meyer was meyer was yeah. meyer you got the brain then they call him the brain meyer was uh i don't you familiar, familiar with the jewish community i yeah i've known i know i've known, I've known <laughs> a couple he's legit by the i've way. known a couple brains, so was yeah. ben siegel so were yeah, a few Bugsy of these guys of course you don't well, call the, him Bugsy. The, they say you the, call him Bugsy. The, the Jews <laughs> and the and the Italians work together um, yes. very closely because yes. at the end of the day they Irish, said Irish as well back in the day. It was okay. all immigrants. Similar so treatment that Italians got the Jews got. So there was a little of bit. Of the, the, they related to each other. There was a certain anti-immigrants. Level of, yes, well, that's the exactly. Thing. Yeah. So like to talk about yeah. that. I mean the the history of the mob is really kind of the history of immigration in America, mm-hmm. especially in cities. Yeah. The the Jews were the OGs. So like when you talk about um, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And what do you think St. Patrick's Day? You think corned beef, cabbage? It's actually, alcohol. Yeah, well, I think alcohol, alcohol. That's true. <laughs> but the por- corned beef and cabbage, had, there's no there's no corned beef and cabbage in Ireland. That was something that the, the Jewish, I guess, settlers, however you call them, mm-hmm. the, the original Jewish uh, immigrants in New York City, they taught the Irish immigrants. They, they, there was no refrigeration. They taught them how to sa- salt their meat. Mm. They taught them how to boil the cabbage. So the corned beef and cabbage is an Irish immigrant 
remembrance from when they came over here and they were they were yeah. second class, third class citizens. You can look at. I mean, if people want to really go deep into the history of, like, I'm Irish, so obviously this matters to me. But if people want to go deep into the history, you can look. It says no colored, no Irish applied. Mm-hmm. They were actually called Irish N words. If you Google it, you know, there's a whole Harper's Bazaar where they they were th- they were thought of as you know. The, the the northern black so but, it was and by the way here here's the other part about this that that's a, a interesting point you're making the one interesting part about this whole thing that's going on with uh, Sammy and Michael is there's a big community that doesn't want to see this go live oh I'm sure there's people there, that do not want this oh to happen, I mean right? the emails and the calls we're getting there's a big community that's not happy about this the DMs privately coming to us there is a massive community that does not want to see this thing take place. Well, a massive you, community. Would you share well, when, when who you, this community well, is? Well, I can't. I can't. I yeah. can't do. Of course, the I types cannot. Of people. I can't even tell you. Like wow. you know, but but it's connected to that life. But there's a big community that doesn't want to see this become live because, hey, you're talk telling a story to men who have yeah. experience in this, and Michael's dad wasn't just any man. He was Sonny Franzese, 55 years time in prison, mm-hmm. one of the most feared. Men in the streets of New York, in the streets of America, he claims to have been with everybody. And, and this is not a guy that brags about it. One day I was in New York driving around. We spent a whole day together. I was trying to get him to do an interview. Wouldn't open up nothing. That Like that guy wouldn't say anything. That's Michael's. That's who trained Michael. So think about who trained Michael. It's Sonny. Sonny comes from the era of Lucky, Meyer, Costello. 104 years old means you were 20 years old in 1940. Yeah, that's not. So that, just that, think that about that. You're 20 that's, years old in the 30s. Hold on, how old is he? He died at 104 years old, wow. 103 years old. So how that long means ago? he died a year and a half ago. Wow. So he, he took he, everything to the grave. He took everything to the grave. Wouldn't say anything. I drove him. I said, "Hey, tell me about Meyer Lansky. Is it true he was a billionaire? He was the richest man?" He says Meyer was a great man. I said, "How about Lucky? How about Ben Siegel? He said, "How about Bugsy? What, what do you think?" Yeah. I said, "Don't call him Bugsy. You can't call him Bugsy." You cannot call him Bugs. His name is Ben. You call him Ben Siegel. I said, how about Ben Siegel? <laughs> he says, Ben Siegel, one of the best men I ever did business with. I said, are you kidding me? Sonny, the stories you read about Ben Siegel, what he did, great man. Mm. I said, Sonny, how about your story? A lot of people say you took a lot of people out. They say you were one of the most feared men in the streets. I was innocent. <laughs> and it's just like going. So and then on Sammy's side, Sammy's mm-hmm. bringing history. Sammy's still loyal to the life. He still is a gangster. Like Sammy's still today. He may be free, but Sammy is not Michael, who was a changed man. So there is two different worlds colliding, mm-hmm. and there's communities on both sides that don't want the sit-down to take place. Well, I would tell you that yeah. you know, one, one of my concerns going into it was I, I kind of grew up in that environment, and my father hated the mob, my God, and he hated them. He thought these guys were bullies and all this other stuff. And I, I was just, look, this to me is interesting. These are very, very interesting guys. This is a, uh, we have to document, th- this isn't a part of American history that's going away. Yep. We have to document this, right? This is mm. something that, this, these are stories that need to be told. This is part of the fabric of our society. This is something that made us who we are. But I don't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to glorify the crime. I didn't want. I didn't want to do this. You don't like, romanticize. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do this. Because Rudy, Rudy does not. Well, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. The the thing probably you did better than anything else in producing this and hosting it. You pressed these guys. This was not a puff piece by any chance. You pressed these dudes on on every step of the way. You know, like you know, every kind of excuse they gave you, you pressed back. You pushed back. Why didn't you just go legit? Obviously, this model works. You should have yeah. went legit. This is a different different kind of an interview. It's it's a very technical interview because you you know you would you would ask a question, we would go and go a little deeper, and then they went. 
and they went. Which is awesome. And, 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 you know, we're sitting on extracting the best part to put it in the jars on a great job putting that together. Anyways, I cannot wait for the world to see this when this premieres in the next mm-hmm. four, six, eight weeks. And by the way, people who are upset about it, listen, we can put it somewhere else and charge you 100 bucks if you're upset about it. We can come <laughs> out, or we can do it the right yeah. way. And by the way, this is all going on YouTube. He, he, here's a question for you. Do you think a Netflix, a Hulu, and Amazon wants the rights to this? 30 hours of footage? Are you kidding me? They, they'll cut a multi-million dollar check easily. We don't need the money for this. This is wow. something I want the world to see. I awesome. want the world to see this. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. We're going to own the rights to this um, for as long as, you know, Valuetainment can hold the rights to this. I mean, this is, a, this is going to be the first biggest project where we put a good amount of money into it. You have a half yeah. a million dollars at this point. Wow. Into to make this happen. This I'm is the biggest project it. in value entertainment history. It's, yeah, it's, it's in the close, history right? ever. It's not even close. This, so. this, is, this is creating history. I mean, it's yeah. nuts. And that the 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 production value. Look, I, I I we're working hard on it, man. But I think the people are gonna love it. I really do. I think yeah, gonna it's it's it's. it's gonna, last thing before we move on, I, I'm just talking about the teaser that went out. It was what a minute long. How long was it? Fifty seconds. Forty seven okay. seconds. Yeah. Awesome, captivating. Yeah. Chaz comes in. This yeah. is a true story. This yeah. isn't amazing, right? Yeah. You're captivated. And like the the line that the first line you really hear Sammy say to Michael, and this is what I want you guys to explain is like, what happened to Omerta? And you fucking did this and da da da, and and like, just and you said Sammy's still in that life. Just explain that the Omerta and the oh, whole thing with Sammy, that Sammy's and Sonny still not a speaking. We yeah. gotta realize Sammy's still a gangster. Mm-hmm. Sammy is still a, and Sammy called Michael out hardcore. I mean, mm-hmm. Sammy called Michael out. It was a direct call out, and Michael didn't back down, and they went head to head. Like, there's certain areas, like, you'll see Michael, you're like, well, Michael, you know, just kind of, it's probably going to be passive in that area. My, Michael pushed back. Mm-hmm. And there are certain areas where Sammy is just brutal, zero filters. Again, for the people that have followed these stories, they're going to be glued to the screen. And it's mm-hmm. very technical because in the world of the mob, it is a very technical conversation, yet at the same time, they're both good storytellers. So you're hearing it from you know, two men who have been able to sit down with some of the most powerful people in the mob last however many right. years. Yeah, it's gonna be. And Pat, how many hours have you spent speaking, sitting down with with the mob? I mean, at this point, you got to be some Long sort of main man. I'm somewhat qualified. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was just gonna say. Well, look, I, 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 yeah. I, I like. I don't want to sound like a salesman here, but you got. You do have to go to Mafia States of America because you're talking about Omerta. There's gonna mm-hmm. be so many yeah. esoteric terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also been an interesting part of this. Is like these terms are terms I grew up with. I just assumed everybody yeah. knew them. No. And then you know our production assistants. You know, like I'm, I'm talking with like uh, one of our production assistants is like you know a 20, mm-hmm. 21 year old Latina girl from yeah. Miami, and she's like, I, she thought Benson Hurst was a guy. She had no idea Benson, that was. Yeah, yeah. She had Benson, no idea. You got to get out of your liberal <laughs> she, East Coast bubble, she, she, Gerard. She was like, I'm, I'm having, her, I'm having her batch B-roll, and she's like, I, I, for the life of me, I can't, I can't find a picture Benson. of this Benson Hurst. I was like, Benson Hurst, Brooklyn, the part of Brooklyn. Yeah. Are you serious? So like, we we we're gonna have a glossary of terms to get brushed up on, so you know what Omerta yeah, is, course. you know what these places hey, are. Hey, you know, we may, we may even afterwards do behind the scenes because I think some if people would want to see some of the stuff that we did behind the scenes. If we can get a behind the scenes put together people got to see how this was behind closed doors because all the other stuff is great it was intense yeah it was intense anyway so again stay yeah. tuned well congratulations four, guys this was awesome you. this four, looks amazing six eight weeks maybe ten we're trying to get it closer to six stay tuned and by the way here's what we may do mm-hmm. here's what we may do we may after all the episodes have gone live we may host a live event with all the parties involved 
in a Q&A session. Well, we may just bring how them are up. You, how are you going to get them to play nice in the same room? I have room? no <laughs> idea, but we may do something like that. We figured it out we along the way. Some, we may do something like that, like get a hall with it down, yeah. maybe do something here in Florida. Maybe we'll do like a fountain blue or we'll take something, you know, a mm-hmm. neutral place and we'll go in and audience will be able to buy tickets. I foresee those tickets selling out in no time and we'll MC it and host it and bring them out. And I, I think that would uh, crush it. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> you know what would be funny is to see the guest list. The uh, guest list is what would be funny and the kind of security you'd need. And yeah, how you need to escort and everybody. And, and, and the FBI yeah. just sitting there going, yeah. saying, can we get access yeah. to the guest list? Anyways, yeah. all right, so that's going to be interesting. Stay tuned for six, eight weeks, maybe ten weeks. Coming out. So let's get into Arnold and what Arnold said. Then we'll go into the Taliban and what happened there. So Arnold's story. He goes out there and he says a few different things. This is a Hollywood Reporter story. By the way, Kai, can we put up the video or no? Is that something that we can put up? You say no? Okay. Well, Arnold, in an interview, goes out there and tells in the interview, screw your freedom. This is a Hollywood Reporter story. He gave his fellow Americans a blunt message this week. Screw your freedom. The former governor of California, an actor, was adamant about his stance on COVID-19 safety precautions. He says, there's a virus here. It kills people. And the only way we, we prevent it is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time, and not just to think about it. Well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom, because with freedoms comes up obligations and responsibilities. You cannot just say, I have the right to X, Y, and Z. When you affect other people, then it gets serious. The responsibility is similar to the following rules at a traffic light so no one gets killed, the former governor said. So that's Arnold's commentary. Now, I got some mm-hmm. thoughts on this, but I want to hear your thoughts. Gerard, what do you think about what Arnold said to screw your freedom? Oh, man, I, 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 two things go through my mind. I'm the, I'm, I'm the biggest Arnold guy in the world, too, and, and three things go through my mind. First of all, Former Republican governor of California. So there you go. You it's, want to recall, by the way. Yeah. Three, yep. three, former Republican governor of California. So, you know, you, it goes to Adams. It's both sides things. It's very clearly there. there is this, this you know, elite aristocracy. And then there's the rest of us unsophisticated plebeians who the, we we have to get cattle herded into these cattle cars. We've got to get this shot. But they can have their 700 person uh, parties in Martha's Vineyard with no masks because you know they they earn the freedom. They're well, they're probably all vaccinated. Yeah, and they, yeah, because that worked out for them. Seventy five of them are sick now. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is, man, it, it's you, the Christopher Nolan line in the, in the Dark Knight. You either you either die the hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. How can this guy, who grew up in in the shadow of totalitarian Europe? All right. He, he grew up after Nazi Germany and with uh, uh, the USSR, the Steel Curtain, literally above him. And he has been here for 60 years. Every one of his dreams came true thanks to the freedoms of this country. And now that he's on the back nine, he's like, screw your freedoms. Screw your freedoms. I've gotten everything I wanted. It, it worked for me. Screw your freedoms. Now don't make me sick. Like it, it's, the most, it's the most narcissistic thing that I've ever heard somebody say. It was the most tone-deaf thing I've ever heard somebody say. And this is not a dumb guy. He's an incredibly intelligent He's man. He's not a dumb guy. You know, and, and I'm wondering if somebody got to him. I'm wondering if there's what's going on behind the scenes where these Bill Burr has a whole bit on him being a great man. It's one of the funniest comedy bits of all time. It's if, hilarious. If you've never I've heard, heard it, of course you, I've heard it multiple times. Fun, well, look, I'd love to hear Bill Burr's commentary on this yeah. because you know what? <sighs> I don't know, Bill. This is one of the things that you could actually do to make you no longer a great man. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, you grew up. You said you were a, you're a hero of Arnold. Mm-hmm. You literally wanted to be Arnold yep. growing up. So 
I was never like a big Arnold guy. Obviously, I, you know, I watched Total Recall and Terminator. That was like it, but I never looked up to Arnold being from Florida. I was never, you know, you're from California. He was your governor for however many years. How long was he the governor when you were living there? Eight, eight years? years. Yeah. So like I've I said, never he's had, a recall governor, but yeah, I've never total recall. Yeah. I've never had this <laughs> fascination with Arnold. Yep. Um, I guess my question is, does he have a point at all? Clearly, his past history coming from Austria or whatever, the Iron Curtain, and now having living the most amazing life ever, United States. Obviously, his perspective has changed significantly in the last 50 years. I guess my question is, does he have a point? And if he does, do you, do you look at him any differently, Pat? Yeah, so a couple different things for me here. A couple different things for me here. When I think about, like, in the world of bodybuilding, Arnold's mm -hmm. a hero. Aaron Singerman, the founder and CEO of uh, Redcon, mm -hmm. who gave a half a million dollars to the Trump yeah. Obama interview, you know, he made a video yesterday. Very respectful, very fair, but he called him out. He said, we're no longer doing a sponsorship with Arnold Classic anymore. And he cut out hundreds of thousands of dollars he does every year at the Arnold Classic. This is not a regular small co company. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty big supplement company. And he says, I'm sorry, I don't support. He says, you have the right to say that, but I have mm -hmm. the right to not sponsor you. I'm not doing it this year. He pulled out, right? Redcon. And he's got Kai Green, all these other guys. And Kai Green's an Arnold Classic guy. You know, So it's mm -hmm. all this stuff that's taking place. Here's, here's how I see this uh, uh, with, with Arnold. I have a very big challenge with what he said. His poster's been on my walls in my army barracks, all over the place, okay? Mm -hmm. I had his poster everywhere. I have his poster that I had in the army. Till today, it's in my stash. I've kept it, right? Because it was like something you got to keep from 1998, 1999 when I was at the 101st Airborne Division. I bought every magazine. Every year, Muscle Mag or Flex would do a special on Arnold. I'd buy all of them. They'd have a poster in the middle of it. I've read Total Recall. We made Total Recall book of the month to read in the entire company. We've ordered 6,000 copies of his book. We had everyone read an 800-page book. I don't know if you've read it or not, where he goes through explaining the whole story, how the first, I think, the building he bought in Palmdale or how he decided again to real estate, the stories of Joe Weider. He thought it was such a big headquarters until he comes in town. He knows his Joe Weider's office was like a small shack. It's like, wow, Joe was really able to sell this thing. His friendship with Franco Colombo, his experience with his dad when he's about to go compete for Mr. Universe and all of a sudden his father passes away and he has to choose whether he goes to pursue Mr. Universe or he goes back to the funeral. He chooses to go to bodybuilding competition, then comes up, hey, you will never be an actor. You sound weird. You don't sound right. And he says, no, I'm going to do it. Then he goes and marries a Kennedy. Then he goes out there, becomes a governor. He goes out there and becomes the highest paid actor. At one point, he was making 20 a movie. He was mm -hmm. the highest paid actor before In there the was 80s, a rock. 80s, 90s, exactly. Before there was a rock, it was Arnold. Like, everybody followed mm -hmm. this guy's playbook. But here's a challenge. Here's a challenge on what happens. When you start making money and you have fame, and I think this is what's going on with them, there's a few things that happens to you at this phase of your life, okay? You, your worries change. Your worries change from, man, am I free to go out there and have my dreams become a reality? All of those checks have been done already. Check mark, check mark, check mark. Mm -hmm. Now it's about, am I going to get a Nobel? Am I going to get another prize? Am I going to be invited to an Obama birthday party? Am I going to get on the good list of this? Am I going to get on the good list of that? Because at this point, what else do you have? Legacy. You, what, what else do you have? No, no, it's, it's more, it's not even the legacy part. Because saying screw your freedom, what the hell do you mean screw your freedom, bro? What are you talking about screw your freedom? Okay, so screw your freedom. William Bonac is from Ghana. Okay, William Bonac won 2018 Arnold Classic. Okay, your competitors, Roly, 
uh, you know, you got uh, Joshua is from Australia, Joshua Lenartowitz. We know what's going on in, uh, in Australia right now. They filled up a stadium, 25,000 kids, come and get your vaccination. Oh, guess who's not invited? Who? Your parents are not invited. You know, concentration camp, they got three people die from COVID. They're doing what they're doing. Do they have freedoms? Is that the right way of approaching mm. things? How about Hadi Chopin? Hadi Chopin, who is an Iranian bodybuilder. Go explain to him, screw your freedom. Go explain to him what's going on in Iran right now with screw your freedom. What the hell do you mean screw your freedom? Because somebody doesn't want to wear a mask, because somebody doesn't want to get a vaccine. So let me get this straight. If somebody doesn't want to take the vaccine or put on a mask, Mm -hmm. that person is somebody that you say, screw your freedom. I have a very hard time with that. I think it's out of touch. I think he is trying to please an audience. I don't know why. I think standing up, he was very brave to stand up against Trump and make those videos and say all the stuff that he said. But nowadays, he's just trying to... Uh, you know, win the wrong audience. And I don't know what is going on through his mind when he does this. Nobody knows the whole story. So about- he, he was your hero. Have you lost respect for him? Where, where's he at on your mantle right now? Yeah, you know what it, you know what it is? To me, it's, it's when you forget, like, listen, when, when a person, okay, so for example, I have, uh, we just had a convention last week, right, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. One of the things I remind my guys to follow, and I said, listen, I don't care if you make a half a million a year, a million a year, 10 million a year, 20 million a year. The day you can no longer relate to the $15 an hour person, you lose the game. Mm-hmm. The movie the movie, Gladiator, where Marcus Aurelius, not Marcus Aurelius, where Gladius Maximus is asking his owner, he says, I want to earn my freedom. What did he say? Win the crowd, win what? Win the hearts, win the Win, win the, the crowd, crowd yeah. win your freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Arnold, you won the crowd. You won your freedom. Did you forget? Did you forget what a totalitarian regime did to you? Did you forget what it was like being where you were at? Well, you have no say. You can't say anything like that the way you just did right now. You can't get on a video and say certain things in certain countries. You know what's going on in Afghanistan, how scared people are? Go explain to those guys, screw your freedom. Yeah, the guys go, hold, go, holding go tell on it to them. bare hands. Go, people, the- go, go tell the women in, in Afghanistan, hey, sorry, you can't go to school anymore. Your dream was to be a journalist. One girl they're interviewing, she's speaking eloquently in English, better than I speak in English. And she says, one of my dreams is, I told my journalist boss that I work for, I said, one day I want to own that chair. I want to be sitting in your chair because I want to be like you, a boss. A woman saying that in Afghanistan. Guess what? She could do that last week. It's over. She can no longer do that. Kids are going through what they're going through right now. Girls are afraid. A, a guy's being interviewed. He says, I am afraid for my life. Me and my sister are living together. My dad, they got killed. My mom got killed. Yeah. I'm by myself. He's shivering, mm-hmm. shivering while they're screaming in the back, death upon America. Yeah, screw your freedom, Arnold. What the hell happened with perspective? What happened with perspective? Are you just trying to get aligned with your best friend, Tom Hanks, and some of these other guys? I'm sorry. This is what bothers me the most. Look, we're friends. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. We yes. can hang out and have a conversation together, right? Dude, no matter how much I love you, I'm not going to compromise how much I respect capitalism. No matter how much I love you, you cannot change my mind on capitalism. Capitalism is capitalism. No matter who's my... I love my mother. She cannot change my thoughts on communism not being a good system. I love my mom. She's in the top three list of people, top seven people. I got four kids now. Top seven, eight people in my life. Even a woman I love cannot change my values on what I saw happen to her family, what happened to different countries, and what happened to us coming over here to America. I'm an Iranian guy. What the hell are we doing here? Because we escaped something. We escaped something. Go ahead and explain, uh, screw your freedom. So for me, the moment you cross that line 
where you say something like that just because you want a one-liner on CNN. A guy was messaging me saying the only reason he said that is because he is becoming irrelevant and he wants to kind of get some, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Press clout. and traction. Yeah. I disagree with that. Arnold's never going to be irrelevant. Arnold's a governor, you know, highest-paid actors in the top list, you know, married to Kennedy, seven-time Olympia. The guy's legacy is stacked. He's got a resume that's... Very few people in America have the guy's resume. Very, very few people. He has an opportunity today to actually unite America. A guy like Arnold could be a synergist, but he's becoming a guy that's dividing. A guy like Arnold could be one to say, look, I disagree that you don't want to take the vaccine. I disagree that you don't want to put the mask on. But let me tell you something. What brought me to America was freedoms. And I'm willing to fight for you to have the freedom to take it or not to take it. Do you know that would make people want to take the vaccine more than the approach he took? I don't know if that made Absolutely. sense or not. Yeah. If Absolutely. he took the approach to say, look, I understand you don't want to take the vaccine. I understand you don't want to put the mask on. I get that. I totally understand. And by the way, only 28% of African-Americans are getting the vaccine. 72% are not, which means they don't trust taking the vaccine. And the vaccine is available to who? Everybody. Right. Who do they not trust? Does that mean African-Americans don't trust the government? The government is Biden. How do you not trust Biden? So, wait, you saying screw your freedom? Are you telling African-Americans, screw you, Arnold? Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Are you telling all the African-Americans, 72% that didn't get it, you telling them to screw their freedom? Uh, what do you, do, you wanna, do you know their history? Do you know what they didn't have for 400 years? Do you know their history? You're telling African-Americans, screw your freedom? I'm sorry, buddy. I don't like that. And let me get this straight. Isn't, isn't the position as a guy who is politically, he ran as a Republican. Nobody thinks he's a Republican. He's probably a he's center. center left. I would put him a center left guy. I don't know mm -hmm. if he's a center guy. I would put center left is where he is. And you're in the state of California. Uh, listen, Hispanics and African-Americans kind of don't trust this stuff. You want to tell them screw their freedoms? Yeah, you may want to kind of back down a little bit when you're saying something. That's an insult to certain people. I want to think about it. I want to kind of do my own research. Maybe I'm willing to take the vaccine. Maybe it's going to take me a minute to take it. But the approach you take, it's an insult. So, again, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, there used to be time where people would tell me, don't say things like that because he may never do an interview with you. My dream in my life is not to interview Arnold. Yeah. I don't wake up in the morning saying, oh, my gosh, let me say all the right things because I'm walking on eggshells. God forbid I offend Arnold because he will never do an interview. I don't care. That's not my M.O., what my MO is freedom and knowing the fact that the people in America that forgot how special this country is to be re-reminded. The last seven days, you look at Australia, you look at uh, Afghanistan, you look at Haiti. Those are three signs to remind you how ridiculously incredible of a country America is. One is infrastructure. When's the last mm -hmm. time you saw an earthquake bringing down and 1,400 people dying in America? I lived in L.A. Earthquakes happen all the time. How come we don't have that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. Strong infrastructure. Next one is what? freedoms that we have women we celebrate women victories here we mm -hmm. celebrate women go when's the last time you even thought about a woman cannot be a lawyer or a Zero, doctor never, uh, no, that's that's no, over there yeah. though so the, the message of what arnold said to me is a lot deeper than just hey screw your freedom it's a lot deeper message and uh uh for the people who are like well you know pat he's probably never going to sit down with you that's not my so, goal in life. so i've got a crazy yeah. idea uh adam's going to put up five million dollars we're going to yeah. do a sit down between patrick <laughs> and arnold we're going to get it going. Dude. It's unfortunate because this guy's a hero. This guy's a hero. This guy's a man I admired it, a lot. If you, you touched on this briefly. If he actually wanted to be a synergist, 
what would be in his playbook? What kind of, what kind of rhetoric? What is a synergist? What kind of moves so, so would he do? So unpack the mindset of a synergist. Mm-hmm. What, give me the number one quality of a synergist. They're willing to listen and they respect both sides. That's, the, that's a synergist, and yeah. he's not. But they, but they actually, you, have to, you can't fake that respect. No. You have to genuinely respect both sides. And these quote-unquote elites I keep talking about, they very clearly don't respect anybody else. They well, don't you don't respect have to, the, you don't have to respect... Let me let me choose my words carefully. You don't have to respect what they're saying, but you can respect their right to say it. So Daryl Davis, the the guy, the black man that sits down with the KKK, hates everything that comes out of their mouth. Sure. But he's willing and has enough respect for them to say, "Hey, look, you're entitled to your thoughts. You're entitled to your opinions." But just just to just to be clear here though, we're not we're not comparing people who want the right to their bodily autonomy to the KKK. No, it just it, I tell you, it comes sat, down to respect. Look, I, I you respect with, other people's opinions. I sat down with David Horowitz. I don't know if you know who David Horowitz is. He's the yeah. father of uh, Ben Horowitz. His son is worth three and a half billion dollars. David Horowitz is a legendary author. Wow. Wrote a different books, and he started the interview. These Democrats are commies. I said, David, you can't say that. They are. I said, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. I said, you think you're going to be able to change people's minds by calling Democrats commies? I'm sorry. No. This whole thing with the Taliban in Afghanistan. Guess what Hillary said to Biden? Don't do it. Hillary's a Democrat. To me, Hillary's a Democrat Democrat, like mm-hmm. a real Democrat, right? Yeah. Minus all the favors and all the money with Haiti and all that other mess that she did, you know, on the crazy side that she is with a lot of controversy that comes. She came out and she said, don't do it. Don't do Condole- Don't pull out of Afghanistan. Condoleezza Rice, don't pull out of Afghanistan. Maybe both of them have a little bit of experience to know it's not a good mm-hmm. idea to pull out the way you pulled out. They're Democrats. So Dave was like, no, but all Democrats are uh, communists. No, so comments like that. Yeah. When you make, you ain't converting nobody like that. Zero. Zero. Yeah. When you say, screw your freedom, what the hell you do? Like, do you mm-hmm. think that, so, so think about that comment for you're a second. You're playing to your base, is what you're saying. What yeah. is the matter with you? People that say, already agree with you are just going to continue so to agree with you. who cares to do that? I'm a diehard Laker fan. Do I sit there and say Lakers can't do anything wrong? No, it's not my style. Mm-hmm. So I can say all the good things about Lakers for them to be, what do you call it, bulletproof. It's just not my style. So, you know, this is why when you hear people from their own side calling out somebody on their own side, they gain credibility. Like Tucker said, look, I think uh, we should have left uh, Afghanistan a long time ago, but the way we did it was wrong. So what's he saying? He's agreeing right. that, hey, we should. I saw but, that last Yeah, night. so you yeah. got to kind of say, hey, listen, good for Tucker. Or even Bill Maher or even John Stewart recently calling out your today. own side. Arnold had an opportunity to be one of the biggest synergists in America. He screwed up. Arnold, screw your freedom is what you say. You screwed up your chance to be a synergist. And synergist to me is way above being a voice for the Republican or the Democratic Party. It's way above that. Let me ask you this, though, because I'm of the opinion, and I agree, not all Democrats are communists. But I do believe, in my heart, that there are dyed-in-the-wool communists in the Democratic Party right now. That are posing as Democrats. I don't disagree, and I think that we have to out that. But 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 I don't disagree with that. But the word, the key word is what? What's the key word? Posing. Not, not all. All. Mm-hmm. all are no. You're not, you're not right. I I got. I run a company where we got. The other day we're at the hockey sun. This girl comes up, says, "Pat, yeah. you know I love you, yeah. but Adam's my favorite." Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you I was know like I that. love you, <laughs> but Adam's my favorite. You know yeah. what? Guess what? I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Because it's discussion, it's debate, it's discourse. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that as long as we're having these real conversations together. Guess what? More power to you. I you, like you. You do have a shocking amount of like socialists that follow you. Like not Democrats. Like you have a shocking amount of socialists. Because like he, because he <laughs> interviews socialists. Shocking amount. I, I will interview communists, a socialist. I will interview just about anybody. Tell me I'll sit down with them. I'm very comfortable with that because to me, I think a good debate is where people learn. And my goal is more to be a synergist in life than to be a, you know, person that's used by a political party just because, hey, go up there and let's use this guy. Ah, yeah, you can use me. I'm totally fine with that. I think man upstairs using certain people. But the message I'm going to say is a message that's going to be what I really believe in. Some of it you're going to like, some of it you're not going to like. I think that's really noble, but, I, man, I, I just I feel like these guys use that kindness as a weakness. I feel like, especially in this moment, yeah. the, 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 look, just call it what it is. We're, going, we're living through a global communist revolution. We are. We are living through China on the move. China overtaking no question us about it. into becoming the world's There's no question leader. about China making that move. They're making the yeah. move, all right? And they're, they're hiding their true intentions, and they've been doing this for a decade under the guise of other things. It's not communism, it's humanitarianism. It's not communism, it's the Green mm-hmm. New Deal. It's not communism, it's Black Lives Matter. It's not communism, it's... It, it, if your ideology is so noble, if your worldview is so good, why do you constantly have to hide your intentions? That, to me, is the biggest red flag of all. If this grand ideal, this utopian egalitarian ideal is so good, why do you constantly have to lie about what it is? And that, that to me, is the big red flag. And if we don't call it out, if we don't say, no, 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 this has nothing to do with climate crisis now. It's gone from, in, in the last 10 years, it's gone from global warming to climate change to the climate crisis. And I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. All I'm saying is the messaging is getting more and more and more extreme. Okay. The reasoning behind it now becomes, oh, we have to completely change all the industries into our control and all of the money that you earn. And money just represents the hours of your life. So all the hours of your life now come into my control. And let's say AOC, for example. Okay. How does me giving you all my money change the weather? You got to prove your work there. You got to show your work. How you can't just make blanket statements where this is the climate crisis. We need to act now. Okay, give me ninety percent of your income, and I'll make the weather change. Okay, bartender, how? Tell me how. I'm not saying no. Tell me how. It's just it's communism under these different names. They are using. When's the last these, time you watched 1984? I, I I read the book. I read the book. I read uh, Orwell. Once a year, depending on what Have it you is. read it? You ever read it or no? Yeah, back in the day. Five, uh, I, I don't think 1984. we're living through 84. I think we're living through Fahrenheit 451. Have you, have you, do you remember the story or no? Yeah, and there was also, what was the the Animal Farm? Uh, yeah, that's, that was another book, well right? Also, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah I read both those yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Animal yeah. Farm is just an allegory for the Bolshevik Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, the, the biggest thing is, the biggest thing is to be, to not be naive about what is going on today. Not to be naive. Like, for example, okay. So take, uh, uh, take what's going on right now with Afghanistan and what's going on with Taliban. Who's happy? That's what I want to know. China. Why? They can't stop winning. Afghanistan was never about Afghanistan. It well, was there's, a, a, whole, there's a, a whole can of worms there. Let's, yeah, let's go, into, go that. There? Let's okay. go into that. So let's go into the Afghanistan and Taliban, what took place. Right? Let me read the story, and then we'll get into it. Obviously, at this point of the game. Uh, Kai, what story is it on? Is it on um, page, two. Uh, page uh, two or three? Three, three, page three. three. Taliban, three. Okay. And All then right, it so goes into page four. There's a bunch of stuff there. So bunch I'm going to go through yeah. some of the stuff. 
with uh, uh, Taliban and Afghanistan. So mm-hmm. Taliban enter Afghan capital as U.S. diplomats evacuate the chop. Reuters story. Taliban insurgents entered the Afghanistan capital, Kabul, on Sunday as the United States evacuated diplomats from the embassy by helicopter. More American troops were being sent to help in the evacuations after the Taliban's lightning uh, advances brought the Islamist group to Kabul in a matter of days. Just last week, the U.S. intelligence Estimates that Kabul could hold out for at least three months after U.S.-led forces withdrew the bulk of their uh, remaining troops in the last month. The Taliban campaign accelerated as the Afghan military defenses appeared to collapse. President Joe Biden on Saturday authorized the deployment of 5,000 U.S. troops to evacuate citizens and ensure an orderly and safe drawdown of the military personnel. U.S. defense officials said that included 1,000 newly approved troops from the 82nd Airborne Division. Kai, can you pull up that video? I want to show the video with the plane. It's pretty, I mean, at this point of the game, people have seen this. This thing's probably gotten a billion views, and not just this video here. I mean, there's, uh, make it, uh, can you make it bigger? So this is a C-17. I think it's called the Ghostmaster Boeing. People are hanging on. Those people shouldn't be on the runway, by the way. Because they want to leave. They don't want to stay. They're so scared. Now, give the Mm -hmm. other video. Of the plane taking off, Kai. Oh, that's, that's tough I don't to know watch. if. Uh, uh, well, listen. This next part, either watch it, but or don't watch it, but watch it at your own discretion. Because, uh, uh, do you have it or you don't have it, Kai? It's coming down. Oh, it's coming up. Okay, right there. That's the one. Okay, check this out. Oh, this is... That's just a picture. Yeah, that's. See if you can find the video, Kai. Uh, do you, you... Do you, have you seen the video? For people that don't know what it is, man, it's the the people were literally hanging onto the wings and then they yeah. fall off in midair. So, Kai, obviously it's not here. Can you go find a video? Yeah. And, and, and it, again, it needs to be said, there are not people clinging on to their fingernails into the wings of airplanes to escape capitalist America. There are not people floating on, on rafts made of trash to escape capitalist America. Well, you don't... Lower the audio a little bit. There's people on, by the way. The guy's laughing. That's not even the one I'm looking at. I'm looking for the one where the plane takes in, in off the air, and you yeah. see two bodies. <laughs> yeah, you know, from the that's sky. the one. That's the one. Watch this. 7.6 million views. Look at that. Oh that's my a body. God. Oh, that's man. another body. That's two bodies. Mm. Pause it. That's, that's a disturbing scene to Screw see your what's freedoms, going on over right? there, right? Um, so, a- again, I got a bunch of notes here, but I'll go yeah. to you guys. Well, what, are, what are your thoughts when you see what's going on over there? Uh, and the yeah, decision, I've, all of it. Yeah, I, I've actually taken some time to really do some research here and uh, really just kind of formulate my thoughts um, so I, I, I can kind of express um, this very clearly. Um, so, look, I, let, let's just break this down into what was then, what is occurring now, and what the future will hold, right? So, um, what was then? So, we... First and foremost, before we even get into any of the politics or what's going on, just respect and appreciation for the American troops that have been over there for the last 20 years giving their life for this cause. I think you as a former Army veteran, and we have Marines here, let's just start with with that first and foremost, Uh, as well as the Afghani people that, you know, there's translators and communicators and everyone that's been involved, what, 6,000 Americans have have given their lives and over 100,000 Afghanis, yep. 20 years, $2 trillion. That's what's been. When we went there, what were our goals initially? We had a few different goals. Specifically, take down Al-Qaeda, not the Taliban, Al-Qaeda. 
Number two, find Osama bin Laden. I know you interviewed his niece. Um, that took 10 years to do. We went in there in 2001 after 9-11. Um, and then when did Obama find him? In 2011, I want to say. Took 10 years of doing that. In my opinion, we should have got the hell out of there after our, our mission was accomplished with Osama bin Laden. Um, for the past, I don't know, five years, whether it was Trump, now Biden, Trump ran on no more endless wars, get the hell out of Afghanistan. Did he not? No more endless wars. What the hell are we doing here? So this is not a political a thing. peaceful four years when he was president. There was not a lot of Touché. stuff going on. Touche. Yeah. Touche. He, what, back uh, in... Um, 2020, he negotiated with the Taliban. The Afghani government wasn't even in the room when he was negotiating with the Taliban. That should have been a telltale sign. The Afghani government no longer controls this country. Trump negotiated with the Taliban. So the writing's been on the wall. This was in yeah. May of 2020. They said September 11th of 2021, the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, we're all getting out of there. So Biden just basically followed through what Trump was doing. So that, that was then. The American people definitely do not have an appetite for this war anymore. Like, for the most part, the overall sentiment is let's get out of there. Now, talk about today. It's a freaking shit show. Nobody wants this type of exit strategy leaving Afghanistan. Nobody wants that. Um, what's for sure, and we've seen this in Vietnam. I can talk about, we can go back in the day, Judah and the Maccabees, when Jewish people were fighting the whoever was attacking Israel. Yeah. There's a big difference in willpower. So when you have the Taliban, they're not going anywhere. They're not stopping. They're not ceasing. We've been going after them for 20 years. It's like whack-a-mole. You're not stopping these people. And then the other side, you have the Af Afghan forces who are basically mercenaries getting paid. The money's dried up. They stopped fighting. Have they even fought? Do they even have the willpower or the appetite to fight anymore? Clearly not. Um, President Ghani, Ashraf Ghani, he's left the country. He's nowhere to be found. They, they're gone. So... The Taliban, how that we've talked, we're I'm sure we're going to touch on how they've been making money, drugs and opium, and basically taxing people. They've controlled half the country for a while now. Um, I do sympathize with the women, like what you talked about. The the girl, what's the young girl's name who won the Nobel Peace Prize? Uh, Malala. She's come out there and she's very, definitely vocalized and emphasized the need for humanitarian and and women and bringing maybe immigrants back to the United States. But Biden basically came out in his speech yesterday, and he says, the buck stops with me. Whether you agree with him or not agree with him, I at least respect the fact that he's owning up to this. He's taking ownership. He's not saying anyone else. Yeah, he said, we did not think it was going to escalate this fast, this right. quickly. It yeah. took 90 days. They expected 90 days. It happened in 10 days, which was faster than we took over the country in 2001. Let me put a, a, a bow on this whole thing. And that's what's going on now. Let's talk about the future. And you brought up China. This is a regional issue, okay? United States has been dabbling in this war. It's our longest war in American history for 20 years now. What have we accomplished, right? Like, we're, we're not building democracies. We're not doing anything. Uh, we're not nation building at this point. This is a counterterrorism mission, right? Mm. So moving forward, um, what will our future look like? There's one country, there's two countries at the center of all this, and there will be from backlash from there. The countries at the center of this are obviously Pakistan, who's been supporting Taliban not so secretly for 20 years. And in my and then who's supporting Pakistan? China. China. China's right behind Pakistan basically saying we got your back. So the country that I think needs to step up in all this in the absence of the United States is India. They border China. I'm sorry, they border China. They border Pakistan. They're right on the border of Afghanistan. And if they don't want 
this shit show to come into their country and have, I mean, the border of Pakistan and India has already been called the what most dangerous border in the world. Yeah. So, in my opinion, let's gonna see what happens. Well, there's with disputed that. territories as well. Of course. Um, but basically, in that region, obviously, you have Iran, you have Russia, and it's just let's just see what happens there. And last but not least, let's see what happens here in the United States because there's gonna be political fallout from this. Does this help Biden? Does this hurt Biden in the midterms? Short term, let's let's focus on short term. This is not a good look. Long term, he's gonna want to, he's gonna be able to one to say, I got us out of Afghanistan. Obviously, he's thinking about that when the midterms come around or if he runs for re-election. So um, at the end of the day, does this situation make America look strong or weak? In my opinion, weak. And we'll see actually what happens long term. Gerard. All right. Um, a lot to unpack there. But all right. The cu- couple different things. All right. What we're seeing right now play out is uh, kind of the end of imperialist foreign policy. Right. It doesn't make any sense anymore to essentially colonize. It makes no sense. We have ICBM missiles. We have uh, we we have you know su- submarines. We we've got satellites. You know th- we have we have go- global cl- uh, conflict technology where you don't need these proxy wars to set up pseudo borders and launch points. Right. So Afghanistan was never about Afghanistan. Afghanistan was about a launch point to get into the east if there was ever a conflict to get into Russia to get into Pakistan and then into North Korea and China. Right. It, this actually goes back to Bush pre 9/11. He ran on this thing called the roadmap to peace. One of the mm-hmm. things, you know, with, with our propaganda system that goes back to, to the Bush-Cheney-Rumsfeld days, um, he was going to go into Iraq no matter what. He was going to finish the job that his dad didn't finish for this roadmap to peace. This is how he, how he was going to solve the Israel. You're saying Bush Jr. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when 9-11 happened and everybody knew it was coming from Afghanistan, really Saudi Arabia too, but we never did anything with Saudi Arabia, um, and Iran never did anything with Iran, we went into Iraq and we, we had weapons of mass destruction and all that stuff, but it ended up being part of this whole original plan of the quote-unquote roadmap to peace where they were going to basically essentially try to colonize a strip from the Mediterranean Sea all the way through Afghanistan, and that would be the basis of operations for them to invade anywhere in the world right but what we've seen is democracies can't win long term i don't think so i think stalin was right i don't think we have the the stomach for blood for war we shouldn't have been there in the very first place everybody knew we shouldn't have been there in the first place all right and and well we needed to find a Bin Laden. But he was in pakistan right so we we spent 20 years and and trillions of dollars in afghanistan right And, and look man the the thing I, I feel our foreign policy doesn't work because we can't Xi Jinping is going to be in power until we die. We're going to have a new regime every eight years, every four years. How can we have how can we possibly as a nation compete against the 30, 40, 50 year plan? Mm-hmm. How can we possibly compete against somebody that has the resources and he has the wherewithal and, and the, the job security to have a 25, 30 year plan? Hey, I'm not going to worry about competing with America today in 1990. I'm going to make sure I funnel so much money into their media and their education system that their children are my allies and I'm still mm-hmm. going to be in power. How do we compete against something like that? How do we compete if the left and the right are so far divided in our country that there's no actual, we talked about synergy, there's no synergy in our goals. 
there's no synergy in what we want right now, depending on where your political ideology is. We don't even live in the same reality anymore, right? So I, I fear— But this, this should not be a left or right thing, David, war in Afghanistan. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. It that still is. Like right, like right off the bat, okay. you know, your reaction, and, and it, it, was, it was a good reaction, don't get me wrong, but your reaction was to be like, well, Trump, and then also Biden, so it was a left and right thing to you. Well, I'm but just I, stating the facts. That sure. I, I said specifically, this is not politically. Do though. you think anybody in China is saying, well, this is a Xi Jinping thing? No, he, he doesn't have to worry about that. We, we cannot compete against global powers that are authoritarian in nature and dictatorial because we don't have a standardized foreign policy. We, mm -hmm. we, our foreign policy changes every four years. Yeah, well, that's so, democracy for you. Well, the thing is, then, then guys, pull all the way out. If you're not going to do total war, if it's not going to be von Clausewitz, like you said, if we're going to allow the, the Maccabees, if we're going to allow Vietnam, where all they have to do is just outweight public opinion. Right. We don't have to fight. We just run, outweight public opinion, mm -hmm. just drain them, bleed them out, bleed them out, drain them dry, and then when they're gone, boom, we're, we're, we're coming back, and anybody who ever helped let me, the, these foreigners... Let we're, me ask we're, you guys a question. Let me ask mm -hmm. you guys. So I interviewed this guy last week, his, two weeks ago. His name is David Vine, okay? Uh, a, a liberal on the left, openly said it on the interview. It wasn't like he was playing, hey, well, I'm, you know, on both sides. He wrote a book called The United States of War, okay? And uh, it says, a global history of America's endless conflict from Columbus to the Islamic State. He says, in the last 245 years, Kai, what was the number? He says, U.S. has uh, not been at war only 11 years. Of I think course. that was the number he said. Yeah, 11 or 11 years. Nonstop, we've been at war from two, uh, for the last 245 years. Look at the years. amount of money we spend on our defense budget, Pat. I get that. So here's so then he goes into saying, well, you know, here's how many military bases we have. Here's how much money we're spending, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I, when I did the tax video about two months ago, you remember, you remember yeah. the whole tax video I did? One of the things I found out is the fact that U.S. has 800 military yeah. bases in some 70-plus countries, right? I got a question for you. Yeah. He's saying we pull out of everywhere okay. is what he's saying. Sure. Okay. China's got one military base, and we know where that is, in Djibouti. Djibouti. Right? Of course, you're never going to forget the name of that city. Well, they had the Bahamas. The, the military, active military bases, Djibouti, right by the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Choco, yeah. right? Suez Canal. Mm -hmm. For obvious reasons, they rely 72% of their oil from the Middle East, mm -hmm. so they have to kind of protect that. Fine. We have, like, what, 800 bases? We have like 800 that. bases. Yeah. So here's, here's a couple questions for you. Here's a couple questions for you. Um... What would what would happen if we pulled out every military base in the world? What would happen if we did immediately? that immediately? What would happen if we took the next five years to say we're pulling everything out? Not the, immediately. The good, the bad, the ugly. You mean? Give me what happens. Yeah. Good if we pull well, out. The would good be a is we save a lot of money. Vacuum. We save a lot of. Do uh, we though? There'd be a potentially, massive... but there's going to be a lot of backlash from that. So right? so let's go there. So number yeah. one, we save money. Let's just say because mm -hmm. okay, we save money. Yeah. Number two, maybe we're not getting involved in everyone's mm -hmm. marital issues. Mm -hmm. Kind of mm -hmm. figured out we're not your savior anymore. Give me the bad. Give me the ugly. Here's the bad. Go ahead. Um, we're still living in the we're still catching the fallout of a post-Cold War foreign policy. We had all those bases to secure energy independence, and they, mm. they, these people, the, the, you know, the, the Reagan doctrine and uh, you know, Rumsfeld after that, this was because the pending war with Russia any day, we needed to make sure our oil reserves, we had, we had it. All right? Now, Russia's, Russia's been gone. We've, we've never really pulled out of that. I don't believe in imperialism because I believe in capitalism. You don't need to take over Mexico to extract resources. You don't, you don't need to invade them. You just put a McDonald's and a Starbucks and you extract resources for value. Capitalism, for all of, of, of the BS we hear from, from the communists, capitalism stops imperialism. Capitalism stops colonialism. 
capitalism because you don't need to spend human capital. Matter of fact, the more you kill people wherever you are, the more you destroy infrastructure, the harder it is to extract wealth. So instead of instead of going into a place and decimating it and taking it over and then you have to administrate it and spending trillions of dollars, you just come in and you're like, hey, guys, you ever had a Whataburger? It's kind of good. You're going to love this thing. Okay, you're- give me the bad. What else is the bad? Give me the bad and the ugly. That's what I'm interested in. pulling we, out the base. If we pull that the, 800 military the end bases. Of that, the end of that thing is that we then use those bases not for – because we didn't need to fight the Cold War anymore. We used it as payoffs. We've been paying people off. That's what that that was Trump's biggest mistake, quote unquote, is he stopped the global bribery. He stopped. He got us out of the Paris Accord. He got us out of the the, the climate accord. He got us out of the WHO. We have been giving taxpayer money to to despots, to totalitarian regimes, to, to leaders for 30 years, billions and billions and billions of dollars of taxpayer money. We've basically been buying peace. We've been buying influence. If we pull that away, like Trump did, he pulled that money away, the global the global regime came and got rid of him. Got rid of so oh, What did Time Magazine call it? Fortified the election? Whatever. They got rid of him. You pull the bases away. I fear the power vacuum that's created, China comes in and just starts cutting the checks. Mm-hmm. China comes in and starts doing what we did. I'll say something else. Something that I remember we started addressing when you did the tax video and uh, we talked about the different bases is that we need to stop fighting wars like we did 50 years ago. And with these bases. Cyber, bio-warfare. Now it's all about cyber, bio-warfare. Obviously, ransomware, everything that's going on with that, that's where our focus should be. The, the, the days of having bases and fighting wars like from the Cold War days, like Gerard says, I do agree with. We need to change our approach. So our old school approach in Afghanistan, um, maybe when, look, the Afghanistan, is just, we're not just going, all right, we out, peace. We're going to be monitoring the situation. Maybe there's a way to, rather than troops on the ground, Figure out cyber warfare against the Taliban. That said, figure out how to take their money. Figure out how to destroy their infrastructure, their web. Naive, naive way of thinking. That, but but that because, something because, needs to change. No, 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 no. But, but let me explain to you what I mean by naive way of thinking. Here, mm-hmm. Okay, that works if both sides are willing to negotiate. You think you're dealing with reasonable people on the Taliban? Zero percent. So what makes you think? They're willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. So here's the whole thing they're saying. They're interviewing and they're saying, oh, we understand. Or the last time we did, it didn't work. We need to work with women and yeah. women need to be able to go to school. Not happening. And the girl says, so can they dress like me? No, no, no they can't no. do like yeah, you. They have no. to cover their face. Why? Yeah. It's Islamic. But nowhere in the yeah. Bible, nowhere in the Quran says that. No, no, it's yeah, very, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, we yeah, are going to take care of girls. It's like, um, yeah, okay. So let's just say, so some people are like, wow, that's great. They're going to take care of girls and women and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This reminds me of what it was like when we lived in Iran. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm an October 1878 baby. Shah was in power. Iran was doing good. Middle East was at peace. Iran got along with everybody. Iran got along with Israel. Iran got along with U.S. Iran had relationships with pretty much everybody around the world. Russia... U.S., Europe, U.K., there were dealings. It's not the Iran, Iran that we know today. No, the, the, not at all. Have you seen, pictures? So, so, seen pictures of it? By the way, Iranian yeah. women, if you go Iran, type in 70s. Type in Iran in 70s, Kai. Type in Iran in 60s and 70s. Like, people don't realize the mountains, skiing, 
Sinatra going there. Everybody would go to Iran to party. It was kind of like a, a, an older version of Dubai. Yeah? That's it. That's literally it. That's Iran, Iran before the revolution. Yeah, Iran. Uh, go to that website. There's a website that you okay, right there, right there. Click on that website, right there. Go to that and go to the pictures. Okay, this is Iran pre. Revolution. Go down so you can see the pictures, guy. Mm -hmm. If you go a little lower, they should pop up one by one by one. Uh, okay, that's the women of Beautiful Iran. Beautiful women. Okay? They cannot dress like that today. That's no. an Iranian woman. Look at that right there, Sean Cleavage. G try Sean Cleavage. It looks today like the Iran hippies today. of the seventies. Well, but this was Iran. Looks right. like LA. You know, he, 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 women had power. Women had. That's a Farouk Zadeh right there. That's a very legendary uh, guy right there. So, by the way, close your eyes, Adam. <laughs> that's 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 Iran. Dylan would be uh, okay, doing Dylan this would thing. be fired up about all these pictures right now. That's, that saddens moral, me deeply. Man. Moral of the story is this: Iran is doing great, mm -hmm. and everybody Khomeini started calling the Shah puppet of what? America, America. puppet of America. And look, oh my gosh, what a great! That's Iran, by the way, skiing. Okay, Iran's mountain skiing is one of the best in the world, by the way. So, people used to go there for vacation, right? And then fast forward to today. Fast forward to today, what's going on with Iran? Well, Jimmy Carter, similar situation as Biden. Well, let's not get involved. Kissinger, we're going to help you. Shah, don't worry about it. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. Hey, I kind of need help. It's getting pretty crazy. Nine million people revolted. We're sorry. We can't help you. How the hell do you go up against nine million people? You can't. The same scene you saw with helicopters and planes landing Type in Khomeini Iran Airport Revolution. Type in Khomeini K H O K H O M E I N I uh, I N I I N I. Yeah, and then type in uh, Revolution Revol Revo Revolution. Yeah, Iran Airport. Okay, look at this airport. Tell me what this reminds you of. Ta go images. What does this remind you of? Okay, that's the airport. Him landing. Okay. They can't control any of it. He mm -hmm. comes from Air France to Iran. It's absolute insanity. Biggest revolution in the, in the history of world. Nine million Iranians revolted over tapes that Khomeini was sending from France to Iran. Why did the people of Iran want the change? Because Khomeini said the Shah's getting richer, Iran's mm -hmm. getting richer, and that money should be yours. Kai, we can stop it. That money should be yours. If you vote me in, I'll give you a free place to live. There's a message mm -hmm. of it you should listen to. Khomeini says, I'm going to give you free rice, free housing, free everything if you get me elected. We are rich enough to be able to do everything for you for free. Cheese in the tree. And so, how much of this was religion-based? It wasn't religion-based. It was all socioeconomic, political? It was, was socioeconomic, let's turn against. This guy's becoming too rich. What happens? They come in. They take over. What happens to Iran? Shit show. Shit show. It's done. Half a million people died in the 80s, war, Saddam Hussein. Etc. Etc. So here's the point I'm trying to make to you. So for me, when I'm talking to David Vine, I said, David, you seem like a sweetheart. I mean, I used to word against him because that's a qualified sweetheart. He says, we think we need to stop and we need to stop with war. And I said, I said, so here's a question for you. This is I'm taking a completely different angle with it. I said, let me ask you a question. If you kill someone's father, how long does that boy think about the fact that you killed oh, yeah. his father? I saw that clip, by the way. That was how, He's never going to forget. He, yeah. Are you kidding? Like, what are you talking about? He's never going to You killed my him. father. You killed my brother. You killed you my sister. You killed, killed my brother. my father, I'm coming bro. after you. That's it. It's over. Yeah. So now take that story times 50,000 people like that. Okay? Way more than that. I'm, I'm just giving you a small... Yeah. I'm talking rage at that level. Mm -hmm. So you say... We're going to pull out because we are now going to be 
very peaceful type right. of a regime, and we're not gonna, we're just gonna change it up, is what we're gonna do. You mm-hmm. know what that's kind of like? That's kind of like a football coach going from a defensive team to an offensive team, and you're just a defensive guy. You're changing your strategy, middle mm-hmm. of a game. You're gonna win. You're a defensive are, are team. You, are you saying you, that you think there's gonna be massive blowback oh, from the Afghans? Just wait. Oh, yeah. Just wait. Just wait. The same people that they let out of the whole human rights movement that Jimmy Carter was on, mm-hmm. the same people that let they let out from what do you call it, uh, the Iranian human rights of 3,000, that's what formatted. I interviewed a former Taliban that is now an MI6 guy. I interviewed him a month ago, six mm-hmm. weeks ago. Kai, what was his name? Oman, o- uh, Amen. And you should see some Amen of the stuff Dean. he's talking about. Amen Dean, Amen Dean, right? And you should see what he says about what took place. There's going to be such pushback with this because mm-hmm. now here's what happens. You officially gave. They said, well, Biden says, well, you know, the Afghani military is strong. They have 300,000 soldiers. The Taliban only has 75,000. Really? The Taliban, 75,000? You know what's going to happen to Afghanistan? It's a training ground. Mm-hmm. It's a recruiting camp. They're going to recruit and train, recruit and train, and they're recruit angry. and train. And they're angry. Oh, by the way, you know they, they released all the criminals from prison. Did you hear about that? They, yeah. they, they completely that's unloaded. The yeah, though, exactly. But that's the playbook. They unleashed the prisoners. Same exact they playbook were all, as they, Cuba these are people, and Iran. Exactly. And these people that were in uh, Guantanamo Bay, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, this, you don't think they're freaking angry? Well, this, this goes back to what, what we were talking the, about bro, before. The point I'm trying to make to you, here's the point I'm trying to make to you. I'm sitting there saying mm-hmm. we got 800 military bases, right? And it costs us $50 billion a year to manage these 800 military bases. Shocked. Not, I'm shocked that that's not a lot of I'm money, by, that's the it, by the way. I thought it would be a bigger number. Yeah. David Vines, that's only 50. I'm like, only $50 billion. That's not a lot Seems of money. Light. So $50 billion, uh, to me, I think $50 billion is worth it mm-hmm. if you ask me if it's only $50 billion. I thought it would be a half a trillion dollars. I thought it would be a massive number. It's only $50 billion. All I'm saying is this is not going to go away. Stay tuned for something pretty tragic to happen again. That's going to be at the levels of what we saw. And many people are speculating and saying mm-hmm. this. And then one of the guys asked the military general, I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday when they said, so how did, how did the Taliban get their weapons? <laughs> and the guy's like, I, I can't comment on that. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, how did, how did they get all their weapons? Yeah, fast how, and furious. How did they get all their weapons? Where's that coming from? A lot of it came from Russia. A lot of it came from, the, they took it from the Afghani, from us. Uh, the Afghani who's, who's military that, that left. Why are they funding yeah. it? Why did they want to see a fall? Why did they want conflicts over there? Is it because, you know, the neighbor, not, Iran's all worried because a yeah. lot of the people are going across because the borders to the west. You got Pakistan south. You got a lot of stuff going on Let me on ask over you there. a question, right? I mean, both of you guys. We've been there 20 years. Clearly, the, the, the exit strategy is not looking good. Uh, Biden has sent, I think, 5,000, 5, 6,000 more yeah. troops yeah. to secure a peaceful transition and get our people out of there. Okay. How long would we have to stay there? To, we're never going to fix this part of the world. They're never going to want to have a democracy. The, the people of the Taliban, you think they're just going to switch over there, win their hearts and minds? How long, much longer do we say? Another decade? Another two decades? Till 2050? Till year 3000? We're never going to win this war. You don't go in at all, or if you go in, you win. You decimate here's, your here's, enemy. Here's how well, I see it. Not going in at all. Uh, here's a that's not an option. That's, here's a that's been done. Done twenty years, dude. How long should we have jails? How long should we have jails? Yeah. How long should we have jails? The jail system. How long should we have it? Should it be just yeah, like ten more going, years? It's not going anywhere. We should get away. Just let's just do ten more years of jails, and then let's let's get. Yeah, but away that's from jails jail. in the United States. No. How long do we want to have jails across the world, I, though? I, but what I'm trying to tell you is these criminals hate your country, bro. They hate America. 
I don't know any other way to say it. They hate what we stand for. They hate women being free. Mm -hmm. They hate gays. They cannot stand the gay population. If you're gay in Taliban, they don't. They destroy they kill you. you. They, they, stone they you don't. To death. No, no, they don't kill you. It's a public humiliation mm. type of a situation. They have to make an example out of you. CNN says they're, they're very friendly. Though. Yeah, yeah. CNN says, well, they're 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 screaming death upon America, but they're being very friendly about it. Very bizarre. That was her line. Yeah. Well, that's that's one I, line out of. I, the, I, I totally get hours that. Hours of footage. But, but the oh, yeah, no, no, let's defend it. No, no, that's fine. But the point, that, uh, look, listen, the like, point I'm talk trying, about just the point taking I'm trying, one little line. But that's a pretty bad line, by the way. Like they're you, saying that they're not anyway. Keep no, going, no, that's kind of like going. saying, listen, you know, you know, they they raped Johnny's mom, but you know what? For whatever reason, they just gave me a nice gift. Guy, that's a nice guy, though. Nice guy. What a nice gift. Clearly, nice she said the line that you're missing is she's a, this is the most bizarre thing ever. I just said bizarre. Like, yeah, exactly. I said that. I right. said it is bizarre. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. kind of like saying same guy that killed my such and such. He just gave me a gift. That's pretty bizarre. Why would mm. listen? You you understand? That's like uh, strategy behind it. All I'm saying to you is the following. I, I hate wasting money. I hate wasting money. I yeah, can't the two stand of wasting us. money. I, I no, totally agree I with you on that. I can't stand wasting money. But, bro, I'm not going to lie to you, man. As a kid, till I'm 42 years old till today, right? Mm -hmm. You know, till today, I have to sit certain places in a certain way. I still have a certain level of paranoia. 42 freaking years old, I live in America, and I'm still paranoid. You, 10 years as a kid, I lived there. Every day you're worried you're going places. Story on the news, car bomb on the bottom, guy turning on, boom, it blew up. Ah, everyday news, flagellating. These visuals don't get out of your brain as a kid. These are, you know, anxiety stuff that stays in here. Man, a lot of kids are going to go through this, bro. And to, 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 to think about the fact that those 50,000 kids that you killed their dads, their moms, their sister, their, you know, brother, you did that, they're not going away. That's a rage for a long time. So here's a, the reason why I don't believe world peace exists is the following reason. You know how they say, first you eat the apple and then come sin, right? How many people do I need to kill for revenge to be uh, uh, stick around? H how much is the back and forth? So somebody kills your uh, uh, dad or your mom or your wife or your girl. H what are you going to do? You're going to say, you know what? As a uh, Muslim or a Christian, I believe in forgiveness. It's okay, man. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. What, what, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. So then that comes back. Then, so we are so into deep right now to get back to it. Yeah. You know who's going to lose? Here's who's going to lose. Guy messaged me, says, Patrick, have a real Muslim on your show. I've had Muslims on my show. I'll have more Muslims on my show. But the point becomes, hey, the extremist. Well, you know, there's 75% of Muslims are not extremists. You're right. But 25% are is what Bill Maher said on his show mm -hmm. when he's debating Ben Affleck. And they're right. both on the same side politically. This isn't about the reasonable people. This is about the unreasonable people. And the unreasonable people are typically willing to go to measures that reasonable people are not willing to go to. So for you to think about pulling out today, you're in too deep, buddy. You're, you're just in too deep. This Taliban's not going to forget. You think 9-11 happened? This is going to be 20-year anniversary? Mm -hmm. but whatever you're doing this 9-11, all I would tell you is wouldn't go to big, uh, what do you call it? City? A, uh, not a big city. I wouldn't go to anywhere where there's a big lot of people there. I just won't do it. Not this 9-11. Well, so, they're warning that another 9-11 is possible. It's 20-year anniversary. I know that yeah. because this 9-10 becomes 20 years since mm -hmm. I worked at Morgan Stanley Dean Wooder. Have an idea, a little man on the street for a 9-11. Yeah. Um, but all I'm saying to you is... I'm all about saving. Let's get out of it. But, uh, you know. So Are you basically saying that we should have not left and, and we should have not left forever? 
Like we we're gonna be in Afghanistan forever. Here, listen, I'll, I'll answer the question with a question. Mm -hmm. How many more years until we get rid of all the jails in America? Yeah, never. That's the same exact answer. So once we go in, we're we're in. Once you arrest a person for a crime, mm -hmm. you can't just create that system one time. It stays. The moment you kill somebody, an innocent person, retaliation is permanent. Hegelian dialectic. I, I, it's just not going to go away, bro. It's not. And unfortunately, whether you like it or not, America's been involved in a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. it, we're too, in too deep to want to say, you know, and, and by the way, okay, let's just say let's pull out. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. Good, bad, ugly. Let's just say we pull out. Okay. Um, who kind of wants to rule the world? China. What do they want to do? Do they want to rule the world because they want everybody to become a capitalist? No. They want to rule the world because they want everybody to think like who? Themselves. Themselves. Like, like the China, right? Okay. So Specifically the Chinese Communist so, Party. So let me ask you a question here. Here's a question for you. Maybe China's sitting there waiting for us to leave for them to come in. And if they come in, who becomes a hero? China. Yeah, they've already offered good, to good help. Good luck. Did yeah. you see the article good in, I luck. think, Wall Street Journal? By, by the way. We can come in and help you guys. If we Peaceful leave. transition. If we leave. Mm -hmm. If we leave. U.S. leaves. And China comes in, takes 100 of those places. They're not going to go to all the 800. But let's just say they come and take 100 of those places. That city, that country, the Afghani civilians are going to hate America for leaving. And they're going to say, China's here to save us. And what would China be doing while they're there? China's just helping build infrastructure? Pro provide protection. Provide protection. To who? The Taliban? No. To the Afghan government? Yes. So then they're going to go to war with the Taliban? They're, they're, you think the Taliban wants China there? If China... Yeah, but you, you think you're dealing with a small regime? You, first, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If China right now wanted to destroy Taliban, you think they could do yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think. I don't think the. To your well, point, I I don't think the Taliban fears America because they just have to wait four years. I think that they know that we got to deal with Xi Jinping. He's going to be here forever. Do, do you think? Do you think if China really? Well, we, we've had four presidents that have been. Bro, uh, you're right. Between Bush, Obama, Trump, and now Biden, so it's not like the and, regime and, has changed. I, the and, media and, and has been is, after by them. The way, People say is, get out of Afghanistan. Is, That's not happening. In, this is in China. not a topic that I'm saying is Republican or Democrat. By mm -hmm. the way. This, I agree. This is not a. This, this is, is an American a, issue. No, no. This is a. This is an American issue, but for me, if you leave, the alternative it's going to be very ugly. Well, we are leaving. So it, where's it, this? Uh, you know, to go, it's going to be ugly. To go yeah, back I agree. To it's going to be it's ugly. not going to be pretty, and We're, it's going to be decades. But of I, ugly. I think. Look, did Russia go to war with Afghanistan in yeah, what the seventies? When when, yeah. when was this? It's like the graveyard of uh, empires, well, is what they a, call it. It's a proxy. So if China, war. if China wants to try and figure out the Taliban, good luck, Mister Ping. The uh, I just where, where, go back to what you said before. The Pat, where, where's the synergist in this situation, and how how can you be a synergist? Again, going back like with people that are w being either willingly willingly naive, listening to to stuff that they know is not real, or you have people that are outright lying because all they want is to get their way. They don't care if the world burns as long as their side rules the ashes. How, how do you create that synergy? What matters in that most in your country, by the way? What matters most in your life? In me right now? Your, your life. My family. Okay, so number one, you be a synergist for your family. Mm -hmm. Okay? You got to bring your family together. What's number two after family? Right now, in, in, in this environment, freedom. My, country. My, yeah, my, okay. My, yeah. So then you got to be a synergist to your country. What's third? So family, country, what's third? Uh, everything else is a pretty far. 
My friends. Okay, friends is third. So you got to be a uniter of your buddies, like real good buddies that you guys are friends. Couple them are having beef against each other. You got to try to what? Bring them together, right? Unify. Mm -hmm. What's next? Diffuse, unify, glue. No, what I'm saying to you is, no, he's asking me a question. Mm -hmm. He's asking a question about being a synergist in an environment like that. Like that? No, what I'm trying to tell you is you can't. Yeah. You can't. In a family, you ever had a relative that's not willing to negotiate with another relative? You ever yes, had somebody? Yes, yes. Okay, what can you do in a situation like that? There's Very not a lot you nothing. can do. It's nothing. You can't do nothing about it. You can't do nothing about it. I got a couple guys in the company. No matter what I do, mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. They're dividers. I, I can't do nothing about them. Well, that's the whole thing with the Taliban and the perversion of Islam. They, they have their thoughts and they I, have their mentality. But, You're not changing that. What I'm saying to you is we as a unit has to be united. We are not. We have to be united. We're not united. We're not united. So for us, where we are as a nation... We are not united. On this issue, you're saying? No, we're, we're just... Not on, on any this, issue. Not on this issue, bro. We're not united. America does... There are American politicians that don't think America is a great country. That's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. That's like working for Google and hating Google. How the hell do you hire somebody to work for Google who hates Google, thinks Facebook's better than Google? Rule number one, get the hell out of Google. Well, that's, uh, that's, I think that's a problem on the left yeah. and the right. The, on the left, you have socialists that hate the idea of America... And on the right, ironically, you have anti-government, you know, small small government lovers in government running a big government. Yeah, the go- government's not America. We need to be very clear. Yeah, and that's not I, what I'm talking I want about, though, bro. small government people yeah. in our government because they're going to stop the socialists from adding government. So I, I think that, that that's a that's a mischaracterization. Look, all I'm saying to you is if we go at this pace uh, and we think, you know, let's just pull out, out of everywhere and everyone's going to be civil, it ain't going to be the case. This thing's going to get ugly. And somebody behind closed doors right now, you know what's happening behind closed doors? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you say the Taliban are aspirational people? Yeah. You think they're ambitious? Yeah. You think, uh, and if, and if uh, for us, if our heroes, name your heroes, whoever your heroes are. We talked about it the other time. <laughs> Arnold right? Schwarzenegger. Let's just say Arnold's a hero for some people mm-hmm. that are coming up. Maybe not what he comments he made this week, but let's just say Arnold's a hero to some people. So Michael's mm-hmm. a hero to some people. Say Reagan's hero. Say John F. Kennedy's a hero. These are some heroes to people, right? Okay. Who is, out of those 75,000 Taliban, take the top 1% most ambitious people. Who's that 1%'s hero? They all have Osama bin Laden. Bingo. They, yeah, there it is. Bingo. When I grow up. But that's I, not changing, whether we're there or not it's there. It's not about, no, it's not. Really? Really? I disagree. Let me ask you. Here's yeah. a question for you. Let me ask you. Trump gets on a radio with uh, Rush Limbaugh and says, if Iranian does anything and Fs with us, do you remember that? Yeah. What he said? What did mm-hmm. Iran do? When, 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 when uh, Trump killed uh, Ghassan Soleimani, what did Iran do? They bombed They pretended to bomb a, a base. Shit. Yeah. They didn't do shit. Nothing. Go ahead, do something. Yeah, there is something so, to be stra- said. I, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, people feared your leader. Yeah. There's a part of that that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Strong Fear men, yeah. and Certified crazy. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. Not because we're going to do nothing. I sat next to Mike Tyson. I'm interviewing him. Mm-hmm. I felt his energy. That if something went down, he's going to whoop some ass. What did he say? He was going to fight a lion? No, he would sleep with two tigers every <laughs> night. Okay, it was what he said. He had five tigers, yeah. right? But the point I'm trying to make to you is people like to be around other men or women mm-hmm. who are respected and feared. Countries need to have a little bit of that. Okay, so the point is when you're saying, what are, what's going to happen with these guys? Ah, ISIS was quiet under Trump. ISIS was quiet under Trump. You have, to, you have to know certain things like this. 
you know, it, 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 this, this, this almost, and I've said some things about Trump. Some Trump followers are not fans of me, and they'll say, well, pat this, pat that. Listen, it's moments like this where people sit there and say, eh, listen, that Churchill guy, man, he's pretty, you know, I don't know about Churchill, but look, there's any guy that can go up against a guy like Hitler, it's probably Churchill. He can probably pull it off. It's times mm-hmm. like this where people are sitting there saying, you know, I don't like that guy. I can't stand him. I'm a Democrat. But when he was there, ISIS was quiet. Nobody was doing anything. I wonder how he would yeah. have handled this. They may not say publicly, but there's a, like, let's actually play the game. Let's play a game. Here's a game for you. Okay? Here's a game for you. Trump's president. He goes one more term. Afghanistan, Taliban. What does Trump do right now? First of all, does Trump do the exit the way that uh, Biden did it? I doubt no he did it how Biden did it. Okay, but no he way. has been calling for an exit of he's Afghanistan. He's never been a fa- He never agreed yeah. with what President Bush did. Exactly. He he did he's been calling New York for, Times. Uh, and saying, so, so he said it publicly yes, is not for this. Exactly. But I tell you, how does he do it? Look, if you're exiting this place, there, I, I, there had to have been a cleaner plan than this. If the Taliban the, the, did what this they This intelligence did, failure what does is, Trump a, do is right a complete now? What does Trump debacle. do right now? If this happened, what does Trump do right now? I think he says... If they, if they are going this course, he would say something to the effect of, uh, we're going to be pulling our people out. If any of you motherfuckers touch any of our bases, any of our people are trying to leave, we're going to rain down crazy hell and fury down on you. Do you think the you. Taliban would believe him? I actually do. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Sometimes in But he, we'd still be leaving is my point. No, we wouldn't. We'd have a safe it's exit. Point. It's not the point. Listen, it, you're right. Mm-hmm. We would be leaving. But nobody fears our current president. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi says, we are watching you if you do something to the woman and the girls. What the? F- what are you talking about we're watching you? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're talking about we're watching. That's not how life works. Yeah. Threats don't work that way, bro. Bunch of ice when you cream say meters. we're watching you. No. It's times like this. Mm-hmm. It's times like this when you sit there and say, yeah, I get it. Maybe during peacetime, I kind of, maybe I don't want Trump during peacetime. But I'm not going to lie to you. During wartime, I kind of want a badass guy like that right now. During wartime. Mm-hmm. Because if, if let's just say 9-11 happens this year, what, what are the American people going to be saying? Say, say something happens 9-11 this year. What are American people going to be saying? Be and by the way, disaster. who becomes a hero overnight? Trump who, probably. Uh, of, of course it is. So, mm-hmm. so the, I said this a while back. I said when a girlfriend, say girl dates a guy like me, mm-hmm. or like let's just say everybody here at this table is relatively big and you're going to make the girl feel safe. Say a girl dates a guy like you, okay? You're 200 pounds, 6'1". What are you, 6'1"? Six, six, six foot 200. Okay, yeah. six foot 200, okay. And he leaves you for a Calvin Klein model. She leaves you for a Calvin Klein model. Again? Again. Yeah. Again. 5'8", like 125, Beach. okay? <laughs> Dimples, all that stuff, right? Yeah. She's at the club. You're there. You guys broke up two months ago. She left you for that guy. Craziest brawl takes, uh, breaks out. Mm-hmm. Craziest brawl. Beer's being thrown around. This Calvin Klein model is standing there. Oh, my God. I get my scratches. I can't. I'm doing a photo shoot next week. Who's she going and hung, hanging yeah. on to to feel safe? You or the Calvin yeah. Klein model? Hopefully not Gerard and, and comes over to me. The point I'm trying to make to you is Biden is the yeah. Calvin Klein model. You are Trump. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's the point I'm trying to make yeah. to you. Well, I think ultimately what you're saying, and, and this goes back to politics and election, and we wanted you know wartime. There is a difference between domestic policy and international foreign policy, for sure. So uh, Biden, a lot of the reason he got, was elected was because, look, we're going to calm things down. All yeah, the, mean all tweets, the, mean tweets. All the mean tweets, everything that's going on, let's just defuse the situation. 
And internationally, the U.S.'s reputation has certainly been damaged over the last four years. I'm looking. I'm talking you, about you, polls. No, it's not. You know, I'm talking no, about not. polls. No, it's not. Talking it, about o- polls. Only, only however, in the, only it, in the however, highest levels of the elite. However, no, you can't just say a blanket statement like that and move on. I'm sorry. If you I, look at, I did not U- hear what he said. Can you repeat what you just if said? If you look at U.S. standings yeah. globally in the yeah. world, they'll have where people viewed U.S. under Obama Who, as an which example. People? Under, pull which up people? Pull up the polls. Which people? Yeah, you you have to qualify that. There, there are like, a lot do, of do we have time to pull people, up the, do we have time to pull you, up you think the people marching through the 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 streets of Paris hate Trump right now or do you think Macron hates Trump do you think I, I, do you think the the elites hate him yeah. or do you think the people marching through the, against pull, them pull, hate pull them? up the polls anyway but pull, pull up in, the polls from in, the liberal places that in, in times of war agree with you think the world liked Trump more than no, Obama I th- I think, no. I think, are you no. actually saying that's that the, that's no. the point I'm trying to, no. his point is the point they didn't like him because they all. couldn't have their way with him I'm not even I, I'm mutually ta- astru- mutually I'm, you're talking about governments you're talking about governments I'm talking I'm talking about the world overall sentiment liked Obama more than Trump I don't think that's a dispute possibly say that public that's not the that's not the just say International perspective, Obama versus Trump. Anyway, my point is this. Back to your point. In a time of war, things change, clearly, right? Yeah. But, you know, that statement doesn't carry a lot of weight. To, well, pull up say, the poll. I'm not, this not, is not my opinion. What time of war? No, but, we literally hear, talked about early in the out, show that it was only 11 years without war. First of all, let me, let me, look, I run into a guy, okay, who's from another insurance company. Mm-hmm. If I can get your attention, Kai, you know, you do it without the screen. Just kind of do it on your own, on your iPad. And if you find it, put the screen up. Run into a guy from a, a competitor, and he comes and starts talking to me, and we start talking. I don't know who he's with, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Pretty chill guy." I'm like, "Yeah, why?" He said, "Well, let me tell you, man. Where I'm at, you have no idea how much shit they talk about you. The stuff they say about you. I thought you were like freaking a monster." I said, "Dude, <laughs> I watch your stuff. You're actually a pretty chill guy." I said, "So why am I a monster?" Well, let me tell you what they told. I said, "What they tell you about me?" Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, it's pretty interesting. That's like a freaking movie star. Like, if, if I'm if I'm that scary, I'm impressed by my, you know, by the characterization of some of my competitors. Fantastic, great. I'll take it. Yeah, it's a nice little story you got there. Media is why the world hates Trump or anybody. If anybody loves a president, is because the media has convinced the world to mm-hmm. love them or not to love them. That means nothing to me when somebody says something like that. And they say, hey, this person's loved or this person's not, not whatever. The part about Obama that I'll tell you is I've never watched an Obama interview, Leno, Letterman, any of these guys, where I walked away saying, I wouldn't mind having a beer with this guy. I think we'd actually have a pretty good conversation together. This guy has, seems like a chill guy. Has he ever been asked a hard question? Ever? No, it's not the hard question part. I first go to the individual. Now, Carter. Carter's a sweetheart of a man. Great man. 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 Right? But a leader, president, maybe one of the worst presidents we've ever had, if you look at Carter. And that's kind of said on both sides. It's not me saying it or anybody else is saying it. But on paper, his campaign was the right campaign, human rights, backfired, kind of backfired in a major way. Wartime, you need a wartime leader. This is a pretty crazy time right now that we're facing. A wartime guy got a vaccine done in nine months, not a peacetime president. The peacetime president that was campaigning said he would never take Trump's vaccine. That's Biden. And the vaccine that got done in nine months, Biden's now going out there getting 165 million people to get the vaccine because a wartime leader put pressure behind people's back saying, we got to get this thing done. Fauci said it'll take 18 months. Trump got it done in nine months by working with these corporations. So people have to realize there's a big difference. Again, going back to the saying, there's three types of people in every company. There is the visionary, there is the barbarian, and there is the asshole or the son of a bitch. 
Unfortunately, in a situation like that, you kind of need a son of a bitch to be on your side. It's kind of what you need right now. Because this officially, you gave him so much momentum in Afghanistan to the Taliban. So much. And they're not going to slow down. So anyways, we'll see what's going to happen. It's going to take us a few weeks to see what is going to be taking place. Kai, I'd like to do one more story before we wrap this podcast up in the next uh, hour here. In the next 10 minutes. Talk about your boy Cuomo or what's happening in New York? Let's do New York since you got some thoughts on that, Mm. uh, Gerard. I'm going to give that one to you. I'll tee it up to you. Page number six if you want to go to it. Mm -hmm. Keys to New York City. Indoor vaccine mandate begins Monday, ABC7 New York. Entertainment venues, gyms, and indoor dining will soon be off limits for unvaccinated New Yorkers. New York City indoor vaccine mandates takes effect on Monday as part of uh, Mayor de Blasio's key to New York City plan. The citywide mandate will be the first in a nation vaccine requirement for employees and customers for indoor uh, venues to hold fast kitchen and spirits. They'll ask for proof of vaccination along with a photo ID to make sure you are who you say you are. But not everyone is thrilled about the new mandates. That's part of the reason protesters gathered outside of Gracie Mansions on Gracie Mansion on Sunday afternoon. Amongst the people taking part of the protest was Republican mayoral candidate Curtis Sliwa and Andrew Giuliani, who is running for New York governor. Mm-hmm. That's Giuliani's kid. Yeah, Giuliani's kid. Yeah. Well, this ties in nicely to what you're talking about about strong men before, and then you know this puts a bow on on today's uh, podcast because I don't think Bill De Blasio is a Democrat. Bill De Blasio is a communist. Bill De Blasio is a straight up authoritarian. He's a commie. Um, he's an actual was at one point a uh, a registered communist. Him and his his wife. So. He has no problem with authoritarianism. And this is a guy who shut down everybody's business. Just imagine being a business owner in New York right now. You're, you, you have two different perspectives. First of all, Bill de Blasio says essentially white people are evil and we need to do everything that we possibly can for equity. His wife, is the, she loses a billion dollars. This is true. She misappropriates a billion dollars of public funds. It was for some mental health um, initiative. Completely went missing into the ether. And instead of there being an investigation, instead of there being a resignation, instead of there being an arrest, she got promoted. This is the mayor's wife who was elected to nothing. She got promoted. She's now the head of equity and inclusion. They took all of the COVID money and they decide who gets to disperse it so it's more racially equitable. Okay, Basically, it's, it's they, they have control over, over the purse strings of federal uh, money. This is a woman who stole a billion dollars of taxpayer money, now gets more. So they shut down the businesses. They put them at at, at restrictions, closing them five hours earlier. They put them at restrictions where they can only be half capacity. This is still at $28 to $32 a square foot of real estate. They squeezed business completely out. Now people are coming back and they're saying, if if you can't prove vaccination, you can't eat, you can't have access to, to... to the subway, you can't have access to, to the bus. How are you supposed to get around? Basically, what they're saying, they're they're exiling you from New York society. You cannot function. You can't eat. You can't use any public services because you won't consume a farm. Because you won't. Maybe you did. Because you won't show proof that you consumed a pharmaceutical product. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine them forcing you to show proof that you had Valtrex, that, <laughs> that you didn't have herpes before you went into a club. It's a pharmaceutical product. <laughs> it's the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. And, and like you said before, only 28% of African Americans, only 28% of black people are vaccinated. So you're telling me 
That's 60, 62%, 72% of all black people in New York are not going to be allowed to go into a bodega. They're not going to be allowed to buy a Gatorade. They're not going to be allowed be to go into a bar. as racist? It's, it? Yeah, well, they're, they're the, the new Jim Crow. Probably, How is this not? Be, that would be a little bit racist, wouldn't well, it be? What I'm worried, man, is you talked about it before. Like, yeah, authoritarians only understand authority. Strong men only understand strong men. Mutually assured destruction is the only way these people back off. You can't negotiate with these people. Yeah. You can't wait for them. Oh, no, they'll, they'll get over this. The Karens aren't gonna certain aren't suddenly gonna come to their senses. A lot of these people, and I truly believe this in the depths of my soul, they would rather watch people die than admit they were wrong. Okay, so if and I, and I definitely wouldn't bet my life on it. The people of New York either do what I did and leave, or find your stones, man. Find your stones and just say no. Rand Paul had a great video that if they try to arrest him at the Capitol, he's not gonna he's not gonna go quietly. If they try to shut him out and, and they ask his people to show papers, he's not gonna say yes. He's not gonna comply. We are now at the point where you cannot comply. You have to push back. You have to be disobedient. The future belongs to the disobedient. The more that it's they push and that. push and push yeah. and we don't push back, the further it goes. The people of New York, the people of New Jersey, my friends, my family if you are watching this i am begging you push back i am begging you to make it awkward i am do, begging though? you what to do you do? dare do that you? cop to arrest you he's not going to forget them at the top they never have to live by their own rules they never live by their own rules they force you to wear a mask then they have 700 people at a birthday party no masks they force you to shut your business then their people march 800,000 deep they never play by their rules stop playing by their rules force their hand Walk into that restaurant, walk right past it, grab the burger. They're not going to arrest you. And if they do arrest you in New York, if they do arrest you, there's, there's no bail. There's no bail in New York anymore. It's catch and release. Nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing's going to happen to you. It's catch and release. Push back. Disobey. The police officers that are watching this, don't do your job. There's, there's moral, there's morally right, there's legal, and there's morality. I'm begging you. I'm literally looking into there's the a, camera begging you. There's a part you. of this, there's a part of this that I get what you're saying. There's a part of this on what you're saying is to uh, 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 play their games against them. Slavery yeah, I, was I, I legal, Pat. I doesn't know. mean you should enforce it. I totally get it. And I, and I don't think you're saying to do anything, you know, go out there, you know, you're not uh, saying for people to go do anything criminal i don't think you're suggesting that i don't think that's what you're suggesting because if you suggest that that's they well look if they if they're yeah. making if they're making your ability to live your life and consume nutrients a crime then i am saying that. yeah i well i i wouldn't i wouldn't go that far here's what i will tell you i wouldn't go that far here's what i will tell you uh i trust in people not all of them but i trust in a good majority portion of people to have common sense give you an idea I'm supposed to be this week in New York. I had a whole week set up to be in New York. You know why it's not in New York? You know why I'm not doing a meeting? We change it next week. Why am I not? Why am I holding podcast this week? I'm supposed to be in New York. Do you know why we're not doing? We're not going the, to New York because the pass starts this week. Because the you know 40 people I'm having a meeting with this week in New York, we're supposed to meet at restaurants, and everybody asked the awkward question, mm -hmm. and they said, "Well, I kind of don't want to ask this question because it's none of my business," but. Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say out of all the 40 people that we're meeting sit down together, not everyone's probably going to have the vaccine card. So can we just go across and change the plans? We have to change plans one week delay mm -hmm. to go to Connecticut because Connecticut yeah. doesn't go by the same rules as New York City does. We shifted just because of what de Blasio did. 
I'm supposed to How be... How many thousands of dollars did that cost the business owners of New York? Not th- bro, it's not thousands of dollars. It's a lot more than the thousands of dollars. It's, 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 anyways, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. So the point is, we're going to Connecticut just because of a law. So I'm just one person. This is 40 of us. How many people just had the same kind of a conversation together? Mm-hmm. Because, and it's not even... By the way, this, these are not anti-vaxxers. 80% of the guys have taken a vaccine. That were, this is not... A, this is yeah. 80% of the guys that were sitting down with, they're like, dude... People who took the vaccine are like, I just kind of don't want to say this because some of my peers that I do business with, they're not taking a vaccine, and they're in New York, and unfortunately, they're not going to be able to go into this restaurant. Good for those men. Because yeah. it's not I'd about the vaccine. It's about, the, it's about uh, being asked the, to show your papers. But, but the direction I'm going to you is the following direction I'm taking. The angle I'm taking to you is I trust you, you want to take that position? You, because your position is the same as Arnold's position. Screw your freedom. It's not my style to do that. My position is, Arnold, you want to say that? No problem. Some people are leaving your camp. Some people are leaving your camp. My position is, no problem, de Blasio. Guess what? Even more of a mass exodus. People mm-hmm. are leaving your town. You're, and by the way, somebody told me behind closed doors, very interesting messaging that came in, a guy that's involved with someone in politics, uh, but not a big name. He says, one of the bigger reasons why there was such a big push for Cuomo to resign is because Cuomo wasn't for the mandatory vaccine card. The Blasio was. Oh, wow. Cuomo wasn't for it. The far left pushed Cuomo yeah. out. Yeah. So the far left pushed Cuomo out because he didn't want to do the uh, vaccine card. and But Cuomo couldn't say that publicly because, you know, then you're kind of playing the game even dirtier. Pat, as yeah. a business owner. Which is what I suggested he do, by the way. I don't business owners have a say in this matter? If they don't want to enforce this within their business, they don't have to. But, but, but if they want to enforce it, isn't it their right as a business owner? Yeah, yeah but let me tell you what happens. Here's mm-hmm. what happens. Say you do that. Let's just say you do that. Yeah. Okay. What percentage of the people that are your customers agree with your position of you don't have to wear a mask when you come? Yeah. Here? Who knows? Give I mean, me a percentage. What percentage disagree with you? Ninety percent. Okay. So what 10 percentage per- of New York City people yeah, like, in New York City? No, no. What percentage of your clients that come to you are going to be like everybody should wear a mask? Ten percent is just really loud. Give me a percentage. Eighty percent. People 70%. who would disagree. No, people who say, Adam, how come you're not making that customer wear a mask? And you say, Mary, I'm okay if he doesn't wear a mask. Didn't you hear what the mayor said? Which percentage of customers are going to be like the guy who just acted like? It's very small, I bet you. Oh, just give me a number. Of the complainers you're saying? Complainers. I don't know, probably 80-20 rule, right? 80% so are going to complain? 20%. Are the complainers? Yeah. Let's just say 20%, one out of mm-hmm. five. How many do you need to send a note to the mayor talking about the <laughs> fact that you're letting customers come in without a mask? Mm-hmm. All in one. So now, yeah, but uh, you're talking about restaurant and bars. What no, the hell are we talking? Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna wear you, a mask in a restaurant? What are you talking restaurant? about, bro? What are you talking the, about? The biggest charade out there what is you, you don't wearing your mask these... when you walk in the restaurant, but then taking it off as you soon as you remember, sit down. You don't remember all these guys that were coming in and shutting down gyms. You don't remember that gym yeah, owner that lost. He says, uh, you know, guys you coming. The guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What am I trying to? T- the point I'm trying to make to you is the fact that if they want to shut down your restaurant, mm-hmm. Mayor De Blasio can, and he can send people to say. We're shutting down this restaurant. We're taking your permits away. Pat, can I ask the you a question? You lose permits. Yeah. Let me say one last thing. Yeah. I remember being 16 or, you know, 17, 18, and the, the, everyone was getting a fake ID. It was like, you know, college, yeah. born and gotten drink. Guys guys how many fake right vaccines? Now. How no, many they, fake vaccines? Dude, the father's no. not getting dude, arrested for fake vaccines. How many cards? fake vaccine oh, cards are going to be story? out there? They're talking about chipping you now. They're talking about putting a tracker that? on your phone, dude. They, they, Anti-government mandate. Anti-government. father's son. Pat, let me ask you a question. Because I know we're running short on time. All right, what what do we do in this moment? How how do mm-hmm. we fight back? How do we get fake, our freedoms back? Like, fake what COVID do we do? passwords to fly. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's that's the part. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
you know, I feel By the way, uh, we should take a shot right now. We've crossed 3,500. We that's, don't that, have that, this that, stuff that, here anymore. We, will, we, should, we, will, we will have to, in honor of 3,500, we, we should. We crossed 3,600. Yeah, well, we're exactly. getting close to 200,000 subs. Gang, yeah, we are we're at 70,000. 29,600 away. You guys obviously enjoyed today's podcast. It's good to be back with Thank you guys. Thank you guys We'll be back for on, on Thursday as well. Uh, uh, Thursday, same time, we'll be off next week. Give us that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel mm -hmm. as well. Having said that, have a great day, folks. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you on Thursday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.